We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. All right, all right. What up, everybody? Welcome to the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale, in the building. We have a live stream going on, so you guys can hear us, see us. I can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> you can't believe it because you don't know what I'm going to say at any given moment. That's every day. No, that, that's true. That is every day. But it's nice to finally be here. It's nice to chop it up. It's nice to have everyone be able to watch us. Tons to talk about today. We're combining both sports today, so boxing and MMA, because we got to talk Canelo Plant. We have to talk about UFC 268. Uh, Kamaru Usman, a huge win there in the main event. But wait, hold on. I, I'm sure oh, everybody by now this, is, uh, right? oh. has seen my uh, the Frankie. No, what not? No, oh, okay. We're gonna do the kicks in a second. <laughs> okay, <laughs> just calm down. But I'm sure by now everybody's seen the Frankie Edgar meme. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he got kicked in the face? Yeah. Someone, gonna to, we got to talk about that. Someone photoshopped him like Popeye. Yes, which was incredible. <laughs> so if, if that person's watching, like, yo, that was Thank incredible. You. That was, uh, yeah, yes. The thing's uh, making us rounds. I feel bad for Frankie, man. We, we'll talk about Frankie. It's time. I was ahead of the curve. No, you can't do that. You the cannot second say, show ever, six years ago, you can't when I proclaimed Frankie Edgar doesn't do it for me. That was six years ago when Frankie Edgar was still on top of his game. You he can't do nothing since. What do you mean he hasn't done anything since? I saw it. I saw the decline before everyone, when everyone's still riding the wave. So you know what? I saw Muhammad Ali's decline, too. You can't say stuff like that, <laughs> man. You can't say, oh, yeah, he's I saw the decline before everybody else. Of course he's going to decline. Anyway, you know, this is the routine on the show. Snidey Air Max. Yeah, look at Look at, look look at, at this look guy. At, look. I have my Super Bowl socks on from when the Niners went to the Super Bowl. I have a Garoppolo. Yeah, we got an ass kick today, though. But Yeah, this is the wrong day for that. I, I'm a Niners fan. I'm going I'm to take my wins. I don't got many of them this year. got season. a million Air Max. I collect 90 Air Max. I love my 90s Air Max. What are we going with? Bang. Black DC. can't even Hold get on. them up there because it's Hold so on. disrespectful. Look at this. Ah, on the table. So All black on black, baby. I'm about to get like 10 pairs of the same DCs just to troll you. I was looking That's online. That's the only reason why you would I do could it. buy them in bulk. You wouldn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> if you can buy it like at Costco in bulk, you do that. I would. No. I, I really would. Uh, they're only like $49.99. Yeah. Or they can just send me the sponsorship because I put the same, the same DCs on the table every week, and you'll see me in here just DC'd out all my gear. DC, that's the goal. That. 
I would. I told you, I wear anything that's free. That's, that's not me. <laughs> um, I wore them the entire Canelo week. Now that we're talking about Canelo. Why we're about you wear to. the same DCs all Canelo week? Every day, because they're so comfy, like to work, and we had to go to multiple events. We had to go to the Jake Paul press conference. There was a giant robot. Um, on fight night, when I throw on the polo, they go with the polo. They don't they go, go with, with the polo. DCs everything. don't go with polo. Man, it don't work like all that. Terrain. All terrain. That's not all terrain. <laughs> no matter the occasion, my sneakers work. Before we get into all the combat, though, everyone knows if it's your first time watching and you don't know, we always start off the show talking about current events, hip-hop, something going on in the world that caught our attention. This week, it was early. This week, you text me. It was fight week. You know, we're busy. We're running around yeah. here to there. You text me immediately, and you're like, yo, we got to talk Kanye. You're like, you watched the interview yet? No, I still haven't watched the interview. Yo, you got to watch this interview before the show. I watched it today. Like two hours ago, we have now reached the the line of yo. This guy's just a genius and quirky. The line is here. We're about ten steps past that line. I'm not sure. And again, I'm not. I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn. Like I, I can't diagnose this man. I don't know what troubles he had. But I know what I saw in that show looked like someone who was very conscious of what they are saying in the moment. He wasn't hopped up on anything to my knowledge or nothing. He was there and he was speaking openly and normally. And I just think he has lost his marbles. Like it's, it's not genius coming out. There's nothing cool about what he's doing. It's not a mad scientist. He's disillusioned to everything. Where do you want to start in this saga that is Kanye? Um, the interviews, Drink Champ, shout out to Nori, shout out to everyone, uh, great podcast. I, I was watching this, and several times I was like, can't believe Dre's making me watch this. I was like, I needed the cliff notes. I needed an abbreviated version. So I was like, I'm really watching this whole thing. This is just madness. It's, I'm a consumer of bad, inf- bad news, bad information. Um, You're glutton for punishment. Yeah, sometimes I am. You know, it started with Aaron Rodgers this week. And, you know, taking uh, advice, health advice from Joe Rogan. <laughs> I was like, man, this is bad. Then I watched Dream Champs. And then I watched the internet say, Kanye's a genius. And I was like, all right, first things first. I, I said this on Twitter. I need somebody to fact check this interview. Because there were so many things that Kanye said that I was like, that's not true. He said 50% of black deaths come by abortion. That is right-wing rhetoric. <laughs> and just frankly not true. Yo, he dropped that like it was a bar, yeah, too. It, like just but he easy. dropped a lot of stuff like it was a bar. Yeah. He, he, he said so many things that I was like, nobody's fact-checking this stuff? 808s are the, the drum of the dumb. Uh, there was like a lot of lines that I was just like, and then, th- then later on he says, I don't really read like that. And it's like, okay, so you mean <laughs> to tell me you're giving us all this information about people and places and things, but you don't read anything. So this is all second and third hand information that nobody can corroborate. Listen, drink champs need somebody like Cole. Cole in the booth would never let this stand. He'd be fact-checking everybody. So, so that, that bothers me. I, the first tweet that I sent upset a lot of people. I said, Kanye has a knack for name-dropping rich white people who wouldn't necessarily name-drop him in return. And people's like, nah, he had dinner with Elon Musk. Nah, nah, nah. They were like all mad. He name-dropped Joe Rogan. 
Yeah, and I was like, listen, this is not, I'm not talking about people that Kanye has eventually become friends with. From day one, Kanye has name dropped designers that he never met or that he did meet and he like talks about like their best friends. It's unnecessary to talk about these people because my problem is how many black people does Kanye name drop? I mean, in this interview, not in a positive many in manner. a positive light. In a positive He went after Just Blaze for no reason, said Just Blaze is a copycat, and that he copied everything Kanye did on the first half of the blueprint. It's absurd. It's ridiculous because it sounds nothing, no. nothing the same. Like, Just Blaze has his own style. It's a vi- the album is a vibe. That's, that we'll That's, get to that <laughs> So he trashed him, trashed Big so- Sean, said, if I die, put it on my tombstone. The worst thing I did in life is sign Big Sean. That's, that's quite Just because Big Sean didn't support him running for but, office. But the crazy thing is, there is no video, no article, nothing where Big Sean has ever denounced Kanye West. It doesn't exist. I guess he just didn't support him. Like, Pusha T voted Democrat. He, did, he wasn't mad at that. In his mind, he concocted that Big <laughs> Sean has gone public to say he denounced Kanye West. Now, and then he called him a sellout. Now, here's the problem with the term sellout. When you sell out, you're selling out a group of people or your in- personal interest for personal gain, right? Like interest for personal gain. Kanye didn't, that's not what Big Sean did. As a matter of fact, him, John Legend, and Talib Kweli are the opposite of sellout because they're protecting the people from Kanye. Yep. A person who's not adapt, uh, equipped to run for president, they know he's dangerous. Talib Kweli said in a TMZ interview, no matter what you feel about Talib Kweli, he wasn't wrong with what he said about Kanye. He's like, that's my friend. But I can acknowledge that this stuff is dangerous that he's doing. Right? So to call Big Sean a sellout, like, what does Big Sean do? Then he, then he says, <laughs> the Democrats are using John Legend and Big Sean. For what? What are they using them for? Charlemagne. Don't. You have to are, you, are you dumb? Because aren't you being used? Weren't you, like, all you knuckleheads that went up into the offices of, of the president at the time? Trump? And then don't you all feel used? Well, I mean, at this point, he ran against him, so I guess not. I feel like it was a mutual. No, but I'm saying even before that. You remember when Trump got in office? They had like this big, yeah, meeting, yeah, yeah, and like Jim Brown came and Kanye came, and they all was like kumbaya and holding hands. That was a photo op. Yeah, they didn't. Nothing that y'all talked about was adhered to. So it's like for him to sit here and say they called Big Sean and John Legend a sellout. It's like you're an idiot, dog. He's in the bubble. He he then talks about Drake. Well, I mean. Listen, the verses aside, I would I would like to see a, a Drake versus Kanye versus. It'd be a good verse. Good verses, it'd be interesting. Um, Triller could use the paper. We're keeping it a buck. Um, so there's there's that. Musically, I think it'd be great. But that then turned the conversation to like personal beef yeah. with Drake. And he starts going on this rant where he's like, yo, why are you running around? Act like you smashed my wife. Like, that's not cool. And Drake's like, what are you talking about? He's, and then he says, Kim doesn't like Drake anymore. And then he talks Wait, to stop, Drake. Stop. Wait, you brought up Kim Kardashian. I got to bring up this point before I forget it. He said, my wife has redefined beauty. I'm going to pause. Because how did Kim Kardashian redefine beauty? Are you saying that everybody should go out and get plastic surgery? Because that's what she did. True. He was like, oh, all these white girls want ass now because of Kim Kardashian, right? And they're going to do it. Well, Kim Kardashian did it. Kim Kardashian didn't show up on the scene looking like a black woman. It's changed over time. That whole family's changed over time. So to say that Kim Kardashian is the epitome, the, the, what beauty should be, 
makes society problematic. That's, again, something we talked about on the show. That's always been his ideal of beauty. No, and that's, but say so he got her, he dresses her up in whatever clothes he wants. But no, like, no, that's, no, 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 no. It's like his real life Barbie doll. But she, like he, no, 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 no. He doesn't dress her. her. She's been on her own for a while. Fam, I just saw her wearing like, like the, the raggedy sweater. Well, yeah, of course you're going to support a man, but I'm just saying. She just had a full black face mask on somewhere. I'm just saying. Yes. <laughs> she, she gets dressed up for him, but she was already like a style figure. Yeah. Before Kanye. In the industry. Yeah, so it's not like, but his, his his idea that she is like redefining beauty, is is suggesting that beauty is go to hit your plastic surgeon up, get this work done, and you can because let's be clear, Kim Kardashian's not a black woman. Nah, but listen, she ain't reinvent the wheel when it comes to plastic surgery. If we're keeping That's it above, so this is my like, point. Yo, she ain't the first one to get plastic surgery. Like BBLs and all that stuff was around way before Kim. Believe it or not. Like it's 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 cool, and if people want plastic surgery, go get it. But she ain't she ain't revolutionized the game. She ain't getting nothing done that wasn't done before her. This is and this is my point. Kanye says these things, right? Like he talks about he revolutionized the game. No, you're not the first person that did soul chops and some of them weak drums that you used to have before. And, <laughs> and when I say weak drums, like I'm not saying all Kanye's beats were weak. I'm saying the drums weren't hitting on some songs. Ninth Wonder had the same problem when he first started making beats. Like, but you you got a lot of stuff from Dilla. You got a lot like you you're you're not an originator. Yeah. You have taken you took it to another level, and we can say that. But to sit here and say that you like change like you have revolutionized like he said, I'm the biggest fashion icon. It's like, all right, that's cool. Like, I mean, what what do we and the other problem is is he went rambling for so long in Nori was and Nori's just like, clap it up for Kanye. And I'm like, hey, Nori. I ain't clapping for none of this. But, but more, but I ain't that drunk. So, so these, you know, people were bigging up the fact that Kanye did Nori's podcast. Joe Budden even bigged him up. I get it, right? Because a lot of us can't get to Kanye. Yeah. Nori can't get to Kanye. But don't you dare call this journalism. Because there is nothing being challenged. It's just a bunch of guys clapping for whatever Kanye says. And nobody says, wait, hold on, Kanye. That's not true. The murder rate, that's not true. 808s, that's not true. You know, uh, you know, black mothers having these issues, like, this is why we commit crime, because the black fathers aren't is at home. That's not true. That's not, it's not true. Yeah. And nobody's saying, hey, hold on, Kanye. That ain't it. That was my problem with this interview, because to be clear, there are, there are parts of the interview I like. When Kanye talks about music, just music, I enjoy listening to Kanye talk about music, because how he envisions music is very interesting to me. I remember we did an interview with Sway, and he talked about, like, he saw music like colors and like the colors of a yeah. rainbow. And that's how he made beats. I thought that was incredible. And he kind of talks about like using like the ASR. Like he talks about those things. And I'm like, the music nerd in me enjoys that. But then he goes on this other path where he just starts talking about politics and why he's wearing the red hat. And then like whenever he, he's lost, he turns to God. Oh, like now it's, it's giving me kind of like cult leader vibes when he goes off on those tangents. How long have I been saying that? Like, but I saw it. Again, we, we see the sur- Sunday service stuff, right? We've seen those. We've seen uh, people go to his crib in Wyoming. I don't know why he lives in Wyoming. I'll never go to Wyoming. But that's red flag. Like, isn't that the thing on Twitter right now? All the f- red flags? Yeah. Like, yo, you buy a crib in Wyoming and you start wearing pastels? Like, you're just out there nothing but tan and taupe? 
and, and you have a bunch of people just drumming along and chanting weird, weird mantras, you might be taking like cult leader 101. Yeah, he's, he's wild. And then he's like, he starts off the interview talking about not having a home, right? And he kind of bigs himself up because he's able to go places and not really have a home. He can go to somebody's house. There's no equity in not having a home, right? You need to own something. Now, Kanye is rich enough necessarily where he doesn't have to. But don't make that suffer these new generation of kids to aspire to do, just be rolling stones and bums and not <laughs> buying a house. Kanye don't got a house. Like, I don't need no home. Like, live with my mama. I bet you Kim does. Kim has a house. I'm sure. Kim ain't like, yo, I'm going to go come over here and sleep on your couch and wear your Balenciaga drawers. Like, Kim ain't doing that. There, you have to have, like, the ownership is key. Because Kanye, Kanye shifts that conversation like, are 40 acres and a mule or what have you. And, like, owning land is very important, but... In this day and age, you also have to have a place to live because you make money on that. It's like investing in stocks. Kanye says, I don't work in contracts. I work in one-page contracts. You're rich enough to do that. Yeah. Because, and then he says, I'll pay you one, like he said, I'll pay you 150 now. If you did a good job, I'll pay you another 150 You know what I'll get you? Sued. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you do business. Yeah. Now, this, these are things that, yes, Kanye can aspire to be that, but when I listen to all these people go, yeah, Kanye. And I'm like, y'all got to chill. Y'all don't know how any of, this, any of this works. Any of this works. He called Jay-Z selfish, right? Yeah. And he was like, any, you know, that's my big brother, yada, yada, yada. He called him selfish and talked about the music that he made and watched Throne. But he tends to out people and then say, I love him, though. And it's, it's kind of weird the way he does it. He's going to apologize for like half of this by he's next Probably week. not. I mean, clearly he doesn't like to live, right, on air. Maybe behind the scenes, some little pull up on him, and Kanye won't have that same energy. Big Sean, that's over. Big Sean said he chilled with Kanye after. I, Big Sean's going on Drink Champs next. I know. He came out, and he was like, yo, I saw this man like a week ago. After this was recorded, he had none of this energy. I mean, there's no – to me, maybe it's just me. I guess if you know Kanye, you go, ah, that's just Kanye. But maybe for me, it'd just be like, ah, you did this to me publicly? There's no turning back. Yeah, but – I feel like he feels he's such a big part of everyone's lives that they can't live without him. So he can say whatever publicly. We got beef. I apologize. You got to accept it. Because what can you do without me? I mean, probably, I mean, to a degree, is right. Like, we're doing the show. We're opening the show talking about Kanye. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, 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 I won't. Not I won't, in a complimentary fashion yeah, by any means. Not, no, but the thing is, Kanye's goal is to be talked about. Kanye's goal is to be popular. Kanye's goal is to be with the Walt Disneys and with the Elon Musk. Kanye talks about black people and ownership, but yet Kanye's not bringing any black people up. It's a lot like the Twitter conversation that's been going around, like, yo, would you take $500,000 or, or go to lunch with Jay-Z? Oh, you know how many people go to lunch, lunch with Kanye? <laughs> they throw away a million dollars to go to lunch, lunch with Kanye? Kanye? Oh, like, my God. Like, for what? All that I'm leaving with is some stupid alien-looking Yeezy boost? Yeah, and then they think they're rich. Yeah, and, and a pair of... Off brown 3X sweatpants. Like, you don't get nothing else out of this lunch with Kanye. Because having information and sharing information are glaringly different. And this is what I saw from that interview. It's, he can have all of this worked up in his mind. And he can tell you how he got to where he got. And how he's going to maneuver within his spaces. He cannot tell anyone how to reach those same levels. No, he huh. fed nothing but misinformation yes. when it was time to tell people what 
in his mind, they should do or about someone else. When he's commenting on someone else's stuff, like we were talking about Drake. Yo, why are you DMing all the women in my life? Oh, you DM my wife, blah, blah, blah. He has all of these problems. Okay, then, Kanye. What would you do? Like, okay, you got to be with someone. How do you handle it? He can't explain anything else. He just, he says how he thinks it is in his mind. And I'm not sure he's living on the same plane as the rest of us. He, he's not. But here's the thing. All right. I'm working with you, right? And I want to help you get to where you are. If we have a dinner, I don't really have time to help you get to where you are. No. Sir. I can share a lot of information with you, but I can't share how to execute any of this. Hey, man, we go to dinner, we spend an hour at dinner. Invest in stocks. What stocks should I invest in? These are the stocks you should invest in. All right, see you later. <laughs> now you're, like, you're stuck because you're like, you're like well, what do I do now? <laughs> right? It's like training an athlete, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to go have, I'm going to play one-on-one with Michael Jordan. All Michael Jordan's going to do is beat your ass on the court. And then you leave saying, I played one-on-one with Michael Jordan. But what's that worth if you're not getting any better at it? You're going to try to do the the little shake, turnaround jumper, and be like, yo, he hit this every time. I can't do this. But if you had half a million dollars, there's so much more you can do with investing your money and having the assets to do something with. And I think the crazy thing is people follow Kanye to such a degree that they think they can become the next Kanye when I've said this before. That path, once it's done, the road behind it's burned. That bridge is burned. You can't do what Kanye did. It's over. Find another way. You can be inspired, but you got to have another path. You can't yeah. do the same thing he did. I feel like a lot of people will be seeing this, especially recently, but it's not a recent thing, is that they are just enamored by celebrity culture and yes. not by the people. They are enamored by what the people say and depict and try to live their lives by the letter of that law. Um, Summer Walker just dropped an album, I think. If you're in a relationship, don't listen. <laughs> I love the you're album. You're an R&B dude, yeah. I love the album. I, I love the album. I'm just saying, when you, if you listen to it with your significant other, you'll be like, oh, word? Like, yeah, Summer Walker does that. <laughs> yeah, so like, but I, I've seen my entire IG. I've, I've been on my personal IG maybe like twice the past week. But when I switch over, it's just a million, like, men, women, just commenting, and it's, oh, oh, well, Summer Walker said this, or, you know, the, don't take your man back if he do this, or if he cheat, or I'd be damned if somebody do this to me. Like, yo, I know you. I know you're on your fourth baby daddy. Like, I, I know your life. Ma, like, that, that hookah you cuddle at night is not going to help you. What are you talking about? I don't need no man. I'm independent. You had 10 men the past three years. Everyone's on here. Yeah. You changed your IG name five times to match a man. Like, what are we talking? Boss's queen or bossy queen or like some stupid. Because <laughs> he's Mr. Personal. Bossy. No, this is just all the women. <laughs> like, like <laughs> we're in Vegas. You know the people. You know how people rock out here. Everybody, every dude got a nickname and he's trying to start some type of company. Oh yeah, I guess or a record right. label. Yeah. So his name is like. Mr. Cashing Out, and then their joint two weeks later is Ms. MZ Cash Out. Like, and they rock it for a second, and she got to change it three months later. And she's tight because Facebook don't let you change that quick. So you got to rock the name for like a, a week <laughs> while he's out gallivanting with his next chick. Now there's three Ms. Bossies walking around. You looking stupid. But all this to say they're like, oh, Summer Walker wouldn't take that. It's like, yo, Ma, let's be real. And dude, 
we know what you're doing. Like, yep, you shacked up because you can't afford rent by yourself. Don't be talking greasy. Because if he leaves tomorrow and you got to foot this bill for this apartment, you're going to be tight. So, like, don't let Summer Walker gas you up because she got enough money to leave this situation, put it in song, and you think this beat is hot. Let's, all, let's also be clear. Summer Walker did it, too. That's why the song is made in the first place. Oh, well, there you go. Because it's <laughs> <laughs> any, anybody who talks about something, like, not to do, they've been down that path before. Beyonce with the stupid lemonade yeah. thing. Like, everybody gets cheated on in some way, shape, or form. Not everybody. But, for the, like, it's not... There's nobody above it, right? Yep. It happens. Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce. All right, it is what it is. Beyonce took him back. She's human. We're all human. There's, <laughs> there's no advice that you could take from a song here. Another thing about this Kanye interview. Kanye references the book, 1984, like five times in, the, in this. It's the book that changed my life. 1984 was about Big Brother. And if anybody knows what Big Brother was, it was surveillance and how people would get all your information. It, and like the Patriot Act is something from Big Brother from 1984. Kanye references it completely wrong throughout the whole interview. The entirety <laughs> of the interview. I was wondering this. I was like, yo, I, don't, I was like, I think he saw the movie. Yeah, yeah I'm, and, and there was a movie. Yeah, but, it, wasn't, it wasn't as good as No, but like this is George Orwell we're talking about. And this is something that you can't put past people that have actually read the book. Yeah. And you are referencing a book completely wrong. This is 1984. No, no, 1984 was like in 2001 after the towers fell and they installed the Patriot Act. That was taken from, like, Kanye, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm, I'm sure you didn't read the book. Your mom probably told you to read the book, and you was like, no, I'm a college dropout. But whatever the case may be. <laughs> I don't like to read, I guess. Yeah. Other thing is, the straight bullet that Just Blaze caught, I was like, I was deeply offended by that for Just, because like, Just, like, what did I do? <laughs> for no reason. Just just chilling. And we know Just Blaze is one of your favorite producers ever. I love Just Blaze. But I don't, the, the idea that he's a copycat is absurd because it's, so we're now, are we saying that only Kanye and Bink did soul chops? That's not true. No. And, and more importantly, if you listen to Just Blaze production, because, yes, they, there are soul chops, there are, there are sampling, there are cuts, but he does a lot with house music, yep. which a lot of producers don't do, and they don't do it well. Who, started, Bur- who started doing that eight years after that? When they went from soul samples and the soul samples ran out, who started cutting house music? Who went to the U.K. and started taking samples, not of old house songs, of house songs that dropped in like 2009 and then flipping it in 2011. Who are we talking about here? That would be Mr. West. Exactly. So like, it, come on, fam. What are you talking about? It, it you went and took good. Designer's whole song. You took Panda. Not, not a little bit of it. No, the whole you thing. took the whole song and dropped it on your album. You went and took um, Chief Keef's song. Yeah. Like, yo, let me hold that. I'm going to add two ad-libs to this beat. Yeah. Like, what? And then drop it on my album. It, it's just, I, I just, I wanted you to watch it and talk about it because it was like two hours of watching this madman just say things. And I was just like. <laughs> just saying things. Yeah, he's, my man is just saying things. And at a certain point, I'm like, yo, I looked on Twitter and, you know, there's been people in my mentions like crazy. Like, ah, it was funny that one, that one lady was like, stay in your lane. I had, I had a flex <laughs> on it. I was like, all right, I'll stay in my lane. This is my byline next to Kanye's five mic rating in the source. I wrote this. Yeah. Yeah, that was going to tell horrible, me to stay in my lane? A horrible, horrible decision by but, her. But that's what happens on social media. None of y'all do your research. You come for the wrong one sometimes. Nobody reads anymore. Nah, but you, you come for me. Ah, oh, you don't know. Stay in your pro wrestling lane. Stay in your boxing MMA lane. All right. <laughs> I hate to do this, but Google me. 
My name does not just come up with boxing and MMA. I've been in this game a long time. But if you knew better, you wouldn't say stuff like that. And if you knew better, you wouldn't be siding with Kanye. That's all I got to say. I, I tell people Google me all the time. I'm not above that flex. I'm like, I, Excuse I, me? I don't, I don't have to say that. Oh, I, had, I tell but people I had all the time, to, yo, Google just, me. I got like 500 pages. Like, I just, <laughs> just keep flipping. I just, it's, that, that upset me. Like somebody telling me to stay in my lane. I was like, what? And like it was a bunch of people, and I just picked that one person out. <laughs> I was like, oh, yo, you do boxing well. But you don't know anything about music. Excuse me? Do you know who like that's why I go, do you you don't know who I am? I don't expect you to know who I am, but don't just assume. You're the old man for a reason. Like, did you not hear them bring me up on Breakfast Club? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just there's multiple Whatever. flexes this past week. Um, nah, yeah, so I don't know. We'll we'll have more to talk about, I'm sure, in hip hop as the week goes on. On our Wednesday show, um, people out there might be wondering, like, no, we didn't talk about the Travis Scott stuff because I haven't dug deep enough into what happened That's, to know I, what's going on. I just and those say, details are just... Yeah. The, the families and, and the people that are involved, I just... It's heartbreaking to me. But one thing I will say is, uh, you know, a lot of people are targeting a lot of energy at Travis. But it's a logistical disaster that... It ends with Travis, but it doesn't start with Travis. Yeah. There are a lot of hands involved in putting together a festival. And somebody clearly dropped the ball when it came to security. Now, that's something that... I'm sure Travis should be aware of, but it's like below his pay grade, he expects it to be taken care of. Yeah. So when the disaster happens, it still falls on his shoulders. Always. He's going to get sued. Yeah. Like, let's be clear. But there, is, there was so many missteps. Underneath this, it. Yeah, to this festival where, you know, kids are getting, I mean, kids are getting trampled. Yeah. You know, so it's like, we'll see as more information comes out. I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but, you know. Prayers and blessings go out to the families that are dealing uh, with this. And even the, and not just you know, the ones that lost their lives, but it's like the people that didn't even see this. Yo, the people there are just traumatized from a situation of, like, you went to a concert and just... We, we've seen this in multiple different areas. Oh, we just saw it in the Woodstock like, documentary. Yo, like, you can't go to public places. Some people just can't be around a bunch of people ever again. They just be, like, traumatized. And this is where I say, hey, man... Maybe quarantine wasn't a bad idea. <laughs> Maybe everybody should just go back home. Just go. Because y'all are bugging. Oh, it's, everything's open. Because there was like 80,000 people in that crowd. That's nuts. In that video. It, it, was, it was bonkers. But like I said, we'll talk about it more on Wednesday. You guys don't go anywhere. Everyone watching live stream, don't go anywhere either. We're hitting our first break. We'll be back in like two minutes, continuing on. When we come back, we have to talk about boxing. Because we're a combat sports podcast. We're going to talk about Canelo versus Plant. The atmosphere here in Vegas, everything around the fight, and then, of course, the fight itself. Oh, and then we have to talk about, because I have to talk about this, is it time to talk about where Canelo ranks in the greatest pound-for-pound fighters of all time? It's time to have that conversation. Oh, I think, I think it is. Let's see. Usually, you're reserved. Oh, no. It's time. I think a spicy take is on its way. Don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to The NFL Road Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up, everybody? Welcome back. Time to talk some boxing. Canelo Plant weekend. 
here in Vegas. Traffic was horrible. Trying to get from place to place. It was a madhouse. I had two fights to do. I had to do the Michaela Mayer fight for ESPN, which turned out to be an amazing fight. You missed it because you were an old man and wanted to go home. Yeah. Um, but uh, she, versus her versus Hamadouche, amazing women's fight to become unified champion at 130 pounds. So shout out to her. That was a great fight, even though it was a long day. But we had Canelo Presser, Canelo weigh-ins. Mike Tyson showed up for the weigh-ins. He was like added security on the stage. I was like, listen, you don't want somebody to get slapped again? You don't want Caleb Plant to get cut? You put Tyson on the stage. They didn't even need the other bodyguards. So put Tyson in between them and say, I dare you to swing and miss and hit Mike Tyson. Because just off reflex, he's flooring you. Yeah. Just miss real right. quick, he'd do that little drop down, swing around, bang, knock somebody out on stage, there goes the main event. So we had that at the weigh-ins. We had a Jake Paul presser. Want to touch on that before like we get into Canelo stuff? Yeah, we could touch on Jake. Jake Paul and the problem bot. Yeah. We're in Las Vegas. We went to Resorts World, which I'd never been to. Beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, it was dope. Yeah. So we got to go there, um, maybe there for the bets. The one bet I still owe you instead of IHOP because I don't want to eat a cheap I'm, I'm still deciding on steak. this. When I decide to cash in, like if I am. Uh, you're holding this like money in the bank. Yes, <laughs> like, I am. Just going, I, and I'm going to run down too. Like when, I, when it's time to cash in this bet, I'm going to run down with my, my joint. You're going like, it's, it's, and you won't know because I'll be like, <laughs> it'll be IHOP with a well done steak or it'll be a fine steakhouse <laughs> with a nice glass, expensive glass of wine. So you're either spending a lot of money and enjoying your meal or it's going to be cheap. And I'd rather be, spend whatever. You've already Don't made me, me what it, buy. Be, be careful. Be careful. You've already made me buy. A, I think it was a hundred and ten dollar bottle of champagne when I paid off the brunch bet. Yeah, and you were, it was to the point where it was comically large. We had somewhere to go because yeah. we we're doing like our live show or we we're going. <laughs> and, lit. Oh. Yo, and at this point, you're just pouring random champagne for anyone who wants because you know you can't even drink all of this. No, one there's no way. But you didn't care. No, I was didn't. like, yo, ain't my money. So the <laughs> yo, it's not my money. It's we 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 gonna drink. <laughs> He's like, we gonna drink. Comically large bottle of champagne. So yes, um, wine with steak. You know, whatever. Just throwing that in the, into the universe. Or well, I have steak. Nobody gets steak. I'm scared well, to see what a steak looks. Yo, like. Yo, me too. But and well done. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm talking about well done. I want you to have a well done I have steak. I'll pick your sides for you. What do you have at IHOP? Mashed potatoes. I'll I eat you, mashed potatoes. Well, that's what you're getting. You're getting mashed potatoes <laughs> and like French fries or something like that. You can get two. You can get two nothing starches? But, yes, starches. Like two carbs. All the starches and carbs, man. You're going to be sick. And I'm going to get you like a milkshake. Because I ain't got no liquor at IHOP. You know I love milk. so <laughs> That's right up my alley. Uh, with a well done steak? There's nothing, there's nothing to like wash that down. No. But I got the iron stomach. Like I drink milk all day. So like I'm, right. I'm good. But yeah, no, that. Oh, the well done steak. That takes me back to when I was like six years old. I don't think I've had a, a well-done steak or medium well since I was like seven. Damn. I've been, for whatever you say about how I dress <laughs> and everything else, I, I have been a food snob my entire life. And, yeah, so you getting medium well steaks bothers me. I, I get medium, I told you. It's got to be more medium than medium well, but I can't do too much pain. I don't like my joint bleeding on my plate. Anyway, it's not shut nonetheless. Up. Anyway, let's talk, uh, about, let's Jake talk Paul. about Jake Paul. Yes. They had food there. I, I, I showed up late. I, I didn't eat because I ate at a spot called Baby Stacks in the morning. Because I, I, what I thought was I saw, the, I saw that they were doing brunch, and I was like, they're not. If, for those who don't know, 
<laughs> usually they treat the media pretty bad when it comes to food. They tell you, it's like, oh, it's going to be some great food, like the Mayweather special. Oh, that's the worst. Everyone who's listened to the show for a long period of time, yeah. when Mayweather is um, that fighting. That yogurt chicken. Oh, it, it was like always knock tough. off Greek. Like, yeah, it was bad. And the rice was like rice pilaf, but it was like disgusting. Mayweather had, granted, like the biggest spectacle in boxing and fed us the worst food. Terribly. Every so, time. So I wasn't sure. So I was like, my wife woke up and my daughter, was, you know, they were hungry. And I was like, oh, we'll go to Baby Stacks. They have amazing banana foster pancakes. Had some banana foster pancakes. And I got there and I was like, yo, they got like breakfast burritos. They had coffees. They had, they had all kinds of pastries. And I was like, this is incredible. And the place was nice. And like every, they, they did this little presser. I should have known better because Jake Paul doesn't really play. When no, no. Nice. stuff. Shout out to Baby Stacks. I took Big Mac there to pay off my brunch bet to him. Mm. The, I think the Moxley handshake deal bet. Ah. So, yeah, he, he suggested Baby Stacks. I took him Yeah, there. it's good. It's yeah, good. I didn't get the pancakes because I'm a grown man, but I think next time you I will. you're a grown man. I told you this when we went out to brunch with <laughs> – shout out to Marcus Vandenberg, also reverse right back. You eat pancakes. I told I was like, yo, you're a grown man at brunch. You're ordering pancakes? What is this? Like, yo, all this stuff here and you're getting pancakes? No eggs Benedict. No hash, no nothing. You getting pancakes? But he explained did why. You, did you grow up in slavery? What's wrong? Because they didn't have pancakes. Like what? What place did you grow up in that that you don't eat pancakes as an adult? No, I I only get pancakes if I go to like hash house or go go maybe, and I get the hash from there mostly. But I've had their pancakes like once. But no, like if I'm going out to breakfast or brunch, I'm going to get something very specific like that they do very well or. Maybe an omelet if everything's bad. I'm never getting the pancakes. So you don't go to a pancake house and eat the pancakes? No, I don't go to IHOP. No, there's other pancake houses. You do realize that. Right? No, I'll get uh, waffles like a. Like what is an adult. wrong with you? Wait, with you little, just said little a, pockets a for waffle. syrup. Listen, waffles yeah. are the most lazy thing ever because all you gotta do is pour the batter into the waffle iron, close it, and it's done. Pancakes is different. Mix it like. What do you mean? You could mix everything you mix into no, a pancake no, 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 into no, no, a waffle. No. But you gotta cook it a, like like yo. I'm so I'm so offended by you right now. But no, if I if I need something for breakfast that's like doughy, no, I'll go with a waffle because I'm I'm an adult. That's not what adults do. Kids Pan- eat waffles. No, kids eat pancakes. No, kids eat waffles. You gotta like cut hey, them hey, and they eat hey, them with their hands. Hey, I got enough kids. Hey, no. hey, they have eggos, right? What are those? Yeah, I don't eat eggos. All right, waffles. they're waffles for kids, right? Yes. Thank you. But all pancakes are built the same, and they're pancakes. No, they're for kids. not. What? Move on. We're going to talk about Jake Paul. Our next bet is going to have your breakfast bet. <laughs> not eating pancakes. No, I'm going to order you pancakes because you lose all the bets, so now you're going to eat pancakes. <laughs> no, no one likes pancakes. You go to a fancy Prince breakfast. likes pancakes. You going to slander Prince? <laughs> Prince loves pancakes. I love Prince. Don't do this to Okay, me. so you going to slander Prince? He <laughs> ordered up pancakes after some hoops. He did. <laughs> Game blouses. Yes. <laughs> Prince should have went over to Waffles. <laughs> if, if, if I would have been with Prince, I would be like, yo, Prince. On the real, though, you the man. Like, literally, I love all your music. You got to upgrade from these pancakes, though. Pen- Prince would have like, thrown I, you out. I would have been like, it's time to invest in a waffle you, iron. Dog, you, like, <laughs> just, you can't just, I would have got, got him a purple waffle iron. And just he, custom. He would have kicked you out because he likes pancakes. Pancakes are delicious. That's why they serve them everywhere. Everywhere doesn't serve waffles. They don't. Pancakes are everywhere. Because they have them for kids. It's like. <laughs> that's, that's why they're everywhere. It's like a hamburger, right? Because okay. there's, there's McDonald's hamburgers, and then there's, like, Kobe beef hamburgers. Correct. There's pancakes that are, like, I just had, like, a Dutch apple pancake the other day. 
Have you ever had a Dutch pancake before? I have not had a Dutch pancake. All right, you got to get your shit together. I've had multiple types of waffles, but no, I've not. All had right, a come Dutch on, pan- man. We got to talk boxing. This- I can't take it with you anymore. <laughs> I can't. Just how do we end up talking about breakfast food and you just? Start- I, I don't know how we got off on this. Well, no, because you, what you oh, did, Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Yeah, so you disrespected pancakes as something that a child does. Adults eat pancakes. Well, I, I only allow Marcus Vandenberg now to eat pancakes. He had a just. How do you allow reason. grown men to eat pancakes? Because I'm not going to give you? him shit anymore for eating pancakes because he has a very good reason for eating pancakes because he can't eat eggs and everything else. So I was like, okay, I understand. You must eat the pancake. Well, I'm go gonna, ahead. Wherever we go, I'm getting a short stack, and I'm going to eat it real slow in front of you. <laughs> that's that's not going to bother me. I'm going to enjoy my adult meal next to you as they ask if you want, like, a children-sized orange no, no, no. juice get, with a bendy straw I would, with your no, children's no, pancake. No, you can get you can get a, a, a fantastic prime rib hash, which I do. Oh, and then I, and I'll still get some pancakes <laughs> on the side. Yes, of course. You get like a pancake or two. It depends. On, like if I'm not dieting or anything like that. Yeah, I'll get a prime rib short short rib hash and like some pancakes. pancakes. Yes. No, I, I only sides I get are like bacon, sausage, the protein of the side. Pancakes, yeah. It's just. Especially as a main course, a side of pancakes, I won't kill you. Because you're eating an adult meal with a side of pancakes. But just, you just go somewhere and be like, yo, I want breakfast. All right, cool, let's go. Oh, I'm just order pancakes. Like pancakes and bacon? No, you, can we move on? I barely, and I I'm make over. really good pancakes at home because my kids love I don't pancakes. know. I don't, I don't know if they're good or not. I don't believe you. You probably make them better. I, no. One, I cook everything very well. Two, I make pancakes because my kids love pancakes. So I have to learn how to make really good pancakes. All right, that's enough. When they become adults, you know what I'm going to make them? Waffles. And they're going to hate you for it. <laughs> Welcome to adulthood, kids. They're going to hate you. This is life. Anyway. So, Jake Paul. <laughs> that's where we started. Um, Jake Paul had breakfast, everything else. Tommy Fury cannot attend. Yes. We're looking forward to seeing Tommy Fury, Jake Paul face off. Tommy Fury's mom is having some health problems. He went back to the U.K. Um, to get stuff settled with his family. Completely understandable. Bring Sugar Hill. Um, who's training him for this fight, Tyson Fury's trainer. He comes out, says a couple of words, cool. We're really all just there for Jake Paul. Of course. Jake Paul comes out with his new coach, <laughs> Coach D. People uh, are so confused. Yeah. People have never seen Drewski in their life. No. <laughs> and the people are like, yo, I, I saw a guy, a media member, literally lean over to Jake Paul's actual coach. And he was like, is he replacing you? Or is he bringing someone up? I was like, yo, you don't get the comedic aspect of this. The, the Koji videos that go viral are on, I don't have a TikTok, but on TikTok, they make their way to Instagram. Hilarious. I watch them on a SportsCenter account. They're funny. So Jake Paul pairing with that, um, him talking about he's bringing Habula um, into, into camp <laughs> like as a secret weapon. He understands the pulse of social media and what's trending and he his model for promotion i'm not sure if it'll work for everyone it seems like now mvp promotions he's trying to extend this formula to everyone else i'm not sure if it'll work for everyone else like you said kanye has a lane he has a rope it's burned behind i I don't know if it's going to work for everyone else but it's surely working for him yeah i think he's to the point where he can withstand a loss of course he can. I mean, he's Jake Paul, right? Like, people want to see him lose, and they'll want to see him lose again. Uh, first thing, the Drewski thing was amazing because when he came out, he was the uh, the head of nutrition, and obviously Drewski's not, like, 
and you know, they did they, 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 like <laughs> they like patty cake for like the secret thing. Yep. But it was very clear that I was like, oh, old media members, this ain't for you at all. This is what I always talk about skewing the sport younger to a younger demo that can understand it because there were so many people that looked confused and I was laughing the whole time and I, t- I talked to Jake in the back and I was like, this was great because this ain't for you. This ain't for the Chris Mannixes of the world. And no disrespect to those guys. I love those guys, Keith Idix and Kevin Ioli. This ain't for you. This isn't even necessarily for me. Yeah, I just understand it. Yeah, like, I me. know who Drewski is and obviously Drewski is a blue eye like, you know, yeah. family. But this ain't, this ain't catering to an old, wrinkly demographic. They want this fight. Jake is 23 and Tommy's 22. Yep. About a year apart. This is not for the, for the, for the old heads. This isn't like, you know, Queensberry rules. Put them, <laughs> put them on. Come on. This ain't. No, this is, this is, this is an, an experience. This is an event. They're creating an event. Spectacle. There you go. And having Drewski there as Coach D and, and, not, and completely not breaking kayfabe the entire time. Never revealing who he is, I thought it was perfect. Like between that and the goofy robot, like, and I, we watched the robot get made. So many people was like, "It's still real to me, damn it!" Because they were seeing the old man. Because it's funny because y'all seen the Jake Paul robot. It's like it, you would think it's like some eighteen-year-old that's like, "Nope, it's some old dude." Yep. It's like the old dude. Like, what are those commercials? <laughs> <laughs> like, you look like that guy doing this, <laughs> and he gets at this big-ass robot, and it took him like. 40 minutes to put this robot suit on. And I watched all 40 <laughs> minutes of this, this old dude putting on this giant Jake Paul suit. And somebody was like, I couldn't do that. I bet you get paid to do it. Listen, I'd look at the check. I'd look at yeah. the robot. I'd be in that robot. They'd be like, hey, Andre. I'd be like, what's up? I'm about to get this. to talk about me. About to get these Bugatti with this money from this dumb robot. Say what you want. But... Everything was catered to a younger demographic. And I'm sure the, the undercard, it seems like Deron Williams is going to be on there. Yeah, Frank XNBA, Gore's talking about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Deron Williams got hands. Hey, and we get to see it. But it, this is not old school boxing. And everything, like even the press conference, like, like Jake came out in Balenciaga. I was looking at his girl. I was like, all right, this man looking like he should be in the Matrix, right? Yeah. Like, it was but, very Vegas, though. The sun was out. It was yeah. like 83 degrees. He's in all white. He looked like Seth Rollins at Mania. And people came people, out just CrossFit Jesus out. And people hate him. And I get it. I get when people dislike him. And people ask me all the time, why, why aren't you all upset about Jake Paul? I was like, what am I going to be mad for? I went to Cincinnati. I saw that building at 75% capacity for the first fight. Because a bunch of kids who had never really watched boxing before just wanted to see people get beat up. Yeah, they didn't know what time to get there. And they, they were excited. There for the main yeah, they were like, oh, what do we do? And they showed up, took a bunch of selfies, hung out. Now, granted, they treated the media bad. The Blasio and everybody at Showtime, they know. They, they made a big mistake. They put us on the floor, and they put, like, the kids in front of us. Oh, yeah. So the kids were just standing up, like, knocking over things, just being completely ridiculous. And it wasn't all kids. I'm just saying it was like, it was like 25 and under, a majority, right? I, they, you couldn't find a bunch of 30-year-olds. Yeah. Um, but this is going to be in Tampa when the sun's out. This, everything's right about it. I'm like, I am excited about this nonsense. Me too. I want to take a trip to, to Disney or something. I get free tickets. Yeah, I mean, well, Orlando ain't that close. Hour and um, a half. Like I said, it ain't I that mapped close. it. I'm sure you did. I mean, you know, maybe. But does Big E drive? Yeah, I think. I don't know. 
like, it's a good question. I'm not saying, yo, we just be like, yo, I'm he sure were taking he, your yes, car. He drives. I just not, don't I'm know. I'm not sure if he drives. I've never asked him. I feel like if he has a car, it's like a 1993 <laughs> <laughs> Chevy Cobalt. Like, and he's just a real big man hopping out of like a VW Bug that he's had since college in Iowa. Now I gotta, I'm going to have to ask him. I'm going to have to ask him what, what kind of car he does. But at any rate, it's like that whole press conference, um, you know, he asked his question. He did his poem. Just thought it was funny. Oh, man. And then it's, you know, I asked him about Dana White, and he has words for Dana. We talked backstage. But Jake does and says all the right things to build a fight to a certain demographic that does not watch boxing. What they watch is Jake Paul content. Yep. And now they are going to pay for this fight. And then people like me, I'm just going to be like, well, what's going on over there? And I'm, I would pay to watch it. Like, this is what you do. Tommy Fury, all right, he's like a reality star overseas. Like, Tyson Fury's... The half brother, or whatever he yep. is, which clearly explains the difference in looks, and like these two are, they're gonna have a fight, and they're gonna talk a lot of trash. And Amanda Serrano, who is, Jake said this, and I don't think anybody really caught on it. The reason why Katie Taylor, uh, Amanda Serrano fight is gonna happen is because of Jake Paul. That's not arrogant. It's true. No, it is because he made her the star she needed to be to make Eddie Hearn say, "Okay, uh, now it's worth my yeah, money." Nobody else is doing this. No, I gotta give Jake a lot of credit. Same thing with him. I asked him, like, Kamaru Usman called out Canelo. Now, obviously, Kamaru also called out Jake. And Jake was like, well, he called me out first. But he's like, eventually, Dana's going to have to let one of these guys come over here because there's a lot of money on this side. And if Dana wants to promote it, it's a lot of money and visibility for him. Yeah. And if he thinks they're going to win, it's a win-win. I mean, I promise you this. Whatever Jake Paul makes on December 18th is going to be more than the entire card on December 11th makes. That's the Dustin Poirier, Charles Oliveira card. Yeah. Whatever yeah, he exactly. makes, not him, Tommy, the rest of the card, Jake's money is going to be longer than every fighter on that card combined. Yep. I mean, and he's a promoter now for it and a partner. Yeah, he's, he's making stupid money for that no, fight. Good for him. Um, but, yeah, again, he's put, he puts a real, bo- real quote-unquote, boxing match on all his cards. So they give people visibility. So legit boxers want to be a part of his card. Amanda Serrano is his co-main again, which looks like that'll probably be the wave going forward which is smart, kind of like the Tyson cars back in the day. Yeah. So, like, you, you have and you're building a women's boxing star, a legit star, by putting her on pay-per-view. So when she goes off, it's like, cool, she has a leg to stand on in negotiations. So that's smart. He doesn't make missteps in the world of boxing yet. Picks his opponents very well, trains really hard. Whatever natural talent or what's his ceiling is, I, I don't know. There's not many people who could be world champion boxers. Like, you're, no. you got to be, like, a real different level of athlete. And you really have to put in a lot, a lot of work. But there's a lot of people who aren't world champions who are, like, decent boxers. Right. They get paid all the time. Yeah. So, I, like, I'm not to say this kid can't be that. And there's mad belts out there. You say what you want. Like, am I to say he can't pick up a... Uh, regular WBA? I mean, it's unlikely. But, it, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is that he, he could. could. Like, I you mean, ain't getting elevated. <laughs> like, no. You but you can pick but up some shiny piece of gold. You, you go to a lot of fights. We go to the fights. We see the, the fights before the pay-per-view. Yeah. We see guys beat up cans all the time. And they pad their records. They get to these. And that's one thing I've always enjoyed about UFC. UFC guys will have, like, a 9-4 and four record, and they've fought killers for, like, yeah. the last five fights. Deontay Wilder, it took him like 30 fights to fight anybody that, that had a Wikipedia page, right? 
Yeah, he was knocking out bus drivers. Anybody. It was like, hey, you, like in the, in the lobby, you want to come fight? All right, get knocked <laughs> out by Deontay Wilder. Here's a hot dog. Right? Like, that's how it was. So it's like when Jake Paul, when they say, well, you should fight real boxers, I get what you're saying, but most boxers don't start off fighting real, real boxers. boxers. Nah. They beat up. That's why they're called cans. <laughs> right? And there's, and there's a lot of guys who come to fight a, a name and they, and they try to position it as a big fight. It's like, oh, two undefeated fighters. This guy's 37 and 0. But he fought 37 cans. And that's why he got beat up by whoever you're showcasing that night. Yeah. Because guys get their records built fighting cab drivers, guys with jobs, even though UFC fighters have jobs too. Sure. But you, you build fighters by fighting. Jake Paul fought Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley was a UFC champion. Not the same guy, obviously, but at least he fought. He knows what it's like to fight. The man has some power in his hands. Like, he's, he's dangerous. I'm not boxing Tyron Woodley. No, me either. So I got to give Jake Paul credit for that at least. And now he's fighting Tommy Fury. They go, oh, Tommy Fury hasn't fought anybody. And I asked him that because I was, you know, in Cincinnati, Tommy Fury did not look good against Anthony Taylor. Anthony Taylor was like, you know, five foot two. Yep. And he went the distance, four rounds. Tommy Fury has never been a four-round fight. I said, Jake, I said, well, this is kind of like a step back. And Jake was kind of like, well, kind of. But at least he's a boxer, so you can stop saying that about me. So I'm going to fight a boxer, but yeah, he's not like the, he's not better than Tyron Woodley. And Jake's mind is like, he's, he's just not. But at least he's a boxer, because I'm going to keep taking these steps until y'all shut up. He hasn't fought a boxer yet. All right, fight a boxer. You haven't fought a fighter yet. All right, fight Tyron Woodley. It comes down to how much can, and I mean, he's, Tommy Fury's been in the U.S. with Tyson, um, you know, during that camp. He was in the gym with him a little bit over the summer and all this stuff. So probably since May. How much did Sugar Hill teach him between May and December 18th? All he does is fix his mistakes. That's it. It's tough. I mean, He's going to need more than that. But that, that, that's usually what it is. With a, lot of, with a lot of fighters, they come in making a ton of mistakes. Like if me and you were to go to the gym right now, a trainer would come in and say, ah, your foot's too wide. Or ah, you're squaring up. Ah, your chin's high. That's the first thing you got to do is fix mistakes. After that, you can try to help somebody. Somebody like Tommy Fury, that was a big dude, there's a lot of time spent cutting weight. Yeah. So I don't know how much better you can get. The only thing he has to do is limit his mistakes. Jake Paul, on the other hand, is kind of crafty as a fighter. Yeah. So he's refining tools where Tommy is eliminating mistakes. So we're it's, – it's, I mean, I think Jake's going to wash him. How and, about that? <laughs> and Jake came in – again, sometimes people are like, yo, it's easier to take a blank slate than to go with someone and try to erase years of bad habits. Yeah. So Jake came in, and he's learned things. And when he went in there, he's like, yo, I got nothing else to do. I got mad YouTube money. I got a nine to five. Like, I could be in here 10 hours a day. Every day. And it's just, teach me from the base level. I have no experience. So I'm only learning to throw punches with my chin tuck. I only learn, you know, to keep my arm, my hand up when I go. Like, he's only learned one way. Yeah. So you're not unteaching like, no. things. So, it's, it's going to be interesting. Like, I give Tommy Fury a chance. He's a big dude. I don't. He's fighting family. If you got to change his name to Timmy Fumbles. That's going to be incredible. You're going to see me dying laughing on Media Row. Yes. We're not supposed to clap. You're not supposed to cheer. I understand these. I understand media rules. Oh, there, even though it's boxing. Yeah, and well, not even that. Have that shit out this, there. I don't think there's going to be any rules for media <laughs> at this fight. Yo, I, I just am be laughing. Clear. When I tell you, audibly laughing. If he has to change his name to Timmy Fumble. That'll be incredible. I can't wait for the post-fight press conference. Uh, 
Jake also told me he doesn't believe Tyron really got that tattoo. Thinks it's like he thinks like it's you fake. just lick it off. Yeah. Just, he was like, I, I he, hope it is. He was like, the ship sailed because he should have did it that day, and then I would have considered a rematch. But like, there's no energy left in that fight, and he's right. No, he's 100 percent right. <laughs> he's a, he, nobody's looking for that. No, I wasn't looking for a rematch if he would have got it in the ring. Yeah, me either. Move on. Yeah, it's it's time to fight someone else, and um, there's plenty of people lining up to fight this kid. So he's staying very active. This year, uh, at a large, at a high level, he's the second most active guy behind Canelo, who we're talking about now. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Hey, Jake, as a pay-per-view star, second most active guy in the sport. And people are eating on him. Yeah. Like, if anything, he fights. Yeah, it, it, I, I really like Teofimo. I ain't seen him in a year. I know. So, Jake Paul fights, I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I like Ryan Garcia. I ain't seen my man in forever. Exactly. So, Jake Paul is out there. Kudos to him. The Canelo fight itself, we're talking about Sugar Hill. How much can he teach someone? Coming event. Darrell goes out there. Yo, I thought he was going to win. Most people thought he was going to win. He was. Showcase. He was a huge this favorite. uppercut. Oh, he, he threw, threw the He threw the What? From the ankles. Yeah. Like Mortal Kombat, I thought, oh, boy, he was going to go through the roof of the MGM Grand Garden up to, like, the fourth floor, and they're going to be fighting in the sky suites. Like, his head. Almost came off your shoulders. And I was like, oh, listen, you ain't getting a title shot, Darrell. You're bugging. But this ain't bad. Like, you can get run it back with Benavidez. No, don't run it back with Benavidez. <laughs> Benavidez beat the hell out of uh, Anthony Durrell. Uh Yeah, the, first of all, the uppercut was like the bolo uppercut. He, like, wound it up. <laughs> My man didn't see it coming. And I was like, you don't see this coming? And he got, yeah, it was a Mortal Kombat. And I was That's waiting good. for him to fall on the bed of spikes. I see an olive oil on Popeye hit somebody with that bad boy. Yeah. She's bad thin and she just bring it from the ground. Yeah. It's that you know that that meme of Marge Simpson throwing the uppercut? Yo, that's that what is, it looked. That's how he threw that Marge. uppercut. <laughs> yeah. He threw the Marge Simpson uppercut. But is she throwing an uppercut in that? Like I honest know, to God, I don't I've never care. seen the actual episode. I, don't I really want to know if she's winding up her uppercut because now everyone uses it. Yeah, it's either the Marge Simpson uppercut. Or it's a Dave Chappelle when he knocks out the dinosaur uppercut. <laughs> That's what he hit him. He don't want one of those. But that fight was there to make Anthony Durrell look good. Yeah. Now, where does Anthony Durrell go he, from here? It's not Benavidez. It's the loser of the main event. If Caleb Plant wants to come back and fight somebody okay. and get back on the winning track, you fight Anthony Durrell. He'll probably be 38 by the time Caleb comes back because he went to the hospital. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, yes, yeah, it's, it's Caleb Plant. The best case scenario for everyone is Canelo said, listen, I'm not paying sanctioning fees. I did what I came for. Take the belts. Yeah, he ain't, he ain't getting rid of them belts that quick. I don't think so either. Nah, I think he's going to make I, a defense. But if he goes in belt chases at 175, you don't need these belts anymore. Yeah, but he's protective over his. He is. He is. He's old school. He's like, yeah, I'm not just. You ain't just going to get my belts. Yeah. Like, you better beat me for this yeah, one. Yeah, come fight me. Um, and if he gives one, and we'll talk about that, the future for Canelo, I guess, in a second. The fight itself, Canelo Alvarez, Caleb Plant, stars were out. So Darrell like, got walked out by 2 Chains. Yeah, he did. He did, but 2 Chains wasn't rapping him out. No. 2 Chains song was playing, and he just walked on the, on the side. Yeah. So it was like, cool, and then 2 Chains stayed there for a second. Dave Chappelle was in the house. Um, tons of basketball players. Kevin Garnett was on the broadcast. 
His uh, movie comes out. His oh. documentary comes out this week. I got a screen. I'm going to watch oh, it. Oh, it makes sense. Okay. I was like, yo, why is KG yeah. up there? I was like, he's Paul got Pierce a couple, was there. Yeah, he got in a couple fights on the court. So I get it. Like, maybe maybe <laughs> they're just like, yo, <laughs> KG can throw hands. Maybe he knows a little more than I know. Um, but everyone was there. It seemed like people I didn't even see physically. They're like, yo, and just seeing stuff on their IG. Like, yo, I'm in the house, all this stuff. It's like, damn, okay, the stars came out. Here's how this, this fight. All right. So I'll give you some inside baseball. Because he's been in the fights. We've seen Dimitri at fights. I've, I've, I've gotten friends tickets to fights. This fight was hard to get anybody tickets. So <laughs> I'm going to put them on blast. Schoolboy Q. I asked him months ago because Canelo's his favorite fighter. And I got him the last Canelo fight. Uh, not the last one. The Kovalev fight. No, not the Kovalev fight. I can't remember. Beautiful. I forgot fight. the last one. Kovalev was the last one here. I think. It, yeah, I think. Was he here all that time? Yeah. What was the one that Ryan Garcia knocked out Romero Duno in the Coleman? Kovalev. It was fight? November 2019. Damn, he sat there for that long too? All right. Well, <laughs> got him tickets for that fight. And I told him, I was like, yo, if you're in town, you want to come to fight, tickets to fight. He calls me. No, he texts me Thursday. <laughs> He's like, yo, I'm in town, right? Busy guy. Yeah, he just happened to be in town. And normally, I can go to a promoter and be like, yo, because what happens is they all people ask me like, how does this work? They want to know like what's their following on social media. Because ninety percent of the time, I'll go to somebody and I'll be like, this rapper wants to come to the fight, and they'll be like, I have no idea who you're talking about. I'll say anybody's name, unless it's like Jay Z or Beyonce. They'd be like, who are they? Yeah. But then they look at social media following and go, oh okay. And this time I went to a few people at PBC and Showtime was like, dude, we literally have no tickets. No, oh, it was tickets. They sold. It was a true. It, they sold it out. Yeah, Sixteen thousand two hundred. Yeah, something. they like, packed it out. Yo, for media, we're in there like this, like shoulder to shoulder. I was like, yo, I'm a big dude. I'm typing like this. It was. It was crazy. I mean, Wilder Fury was big, but this was like different. Oh, this was completely different. Yeah, like he's and stuff hits different in the MGM. Like we can only yeah, say yeah. so. Like also true. T-Mobile, Wilder Fury was big. There was yeah, a lot absolutely. of celebrities. Like. For it being pushed back, it's still big fight feel. It was Very great. So. But the atmosphere at T-Mobile, everything seems so much more spread out. MGM, arguably the same amount of people if you sell it out, like maybe yeah. a thousand shorter. Everyone's on top of you. Yeah. It's, it's like a sardine can. You pack that boy, bad boy out. So it, everyone was just like, yo, it just the atmosphere, it was just smothering in the best of ways. Yeah. So we have the entrances. Which Canelo usually comes out to. Well, I guess Caleb Plant came out first. Yes, with Conway the Machine. Conway wrapped him out the whole way. No lip sync. Nah, and Con- yo. Did the whole verse. Two things. I got to give props to Conway because I've watched, I've seen rappers walk fighters out for years and most of them can't hear themselves. Yep. Because it's just a weird echo in the arena and it just sounds really bad. And I know people couldn't actually hear Conway. But Conway didn't miss a beat no i heard every lyric crisp i was like wait a second yeah. <laughs> i was like i was like wow really good and then you know shout out to caleb plant because he walked out with conway i mean yo you didn't have to get griselda out here <laughs> so conway was there d smoke was there he didn't walk out he was just there for the fight i gotta find out why should have pumped in uh west side gun ad libs yeah yeah it's just crazy should have re- you know i should have asked actually asked west side because if conway's doing boxing you're doing 
this. What's Benny going to do? Some MMA stuff? Like, let's just go full circle. Who's from Buffalo? We need yeah. a contender. But, but Conway does the walkout, and then Canelo has the lead singer from Mania come out, which yeah. is, I went to Rock and Rio when Mana performed, and I got to interview him, and I didn't realize when I interviewed him how big they were, right? I was working with Billboard at the time. And they were like, oh, you're going to interview Mana? And I was like, okay, cool. And they were like, and I was walking, and, and they're like, people are like, where are you going? And I was like, I was going to the trailer. It's like, hold on. Like, all the security came up, right? And I was like, all right, come on. And I went in, like, their trailer, and, like, there was nobody there, and they had, like, all these fruits and stuff. And I can't remember the lead singer's name. I talked to him first. And I took a picture. I don't know where it's at now. I took a picture. I probably posted it somewhere. And, like, I got so many messages from, like, people. It was like, you got to t-. They're like the Rolling Stones in Mexico. Yo. When, one, I again, I didn't know who they were. I looked on fight night. It seemed like a big deal. Huge So deal. I was like, all right, cool. Let me look into this. And... When I looked, I was like, yeah, you know, like this is, and you know, Canelo usually comes out to like the, the slower Mexican music, yeah. the traditional joint. I was like, oh, he got some like rock, like Mexico yes. joint. And I was like, oh, and when, again, same thing like with Conway, like my homeboy started singing. Bruh. I was that, like, yo. That roof blew off too. I was like, he is good. <laughs> that, I mean, the, they blew the roof. I was like, the energy was just so different. Yeah. Because the undercar was trash. Let's just be completely clear. This I saw. I, I showed up for the Elvis after the Elvis knockout. So I saw the Elvis knockout. I'm just and saying that was good. But yeah, I don't know. Anything. On paper, nobody was like, "Oh, I'm coming to the undercard," right? Yeah. Like I was legitimately watching UFC 268 from my laptop. Yeah, <laughs> the entire time. And as Dana White was watching Canelo. Yeah, Dana White was watching <laughs> Canelo during the Nam and Yunus Zhang fight, which yeah. is nuts. Yeah, but, 100K on Canelo. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I guess. And anyway, not. listen. But the energy for Canelo, I was like, God, and and. For those of you that saw, I was on Morning Combat with Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell. And Luke Thomas asked me this question. He said, is Canelo bigger than Anthony Joshua? And I said, no. Not yet. He's close. Anthony Joshua, like, until you go to Wembley Stadium or, and see him pack out 80,000 fans with, like, no handouts, Anthony Joshua was, like, a rock star. Difference. I would argue that he is. Because I think Canelo can do what he did at Wembley and pack it out. I don't think so. I think so. I don't think I don't think so because he I, hasn't done it yet. Fair, but I think he gets the rock stars welcome at Wembley the same as Anthony Joshua. I don't think Anthony Joshua packs out in Vegas like Canelo. But see, that's that's the thing. Can Anthony, Anthony Joshua travel and be attraction? I mean, we only <laughs> seen him once in New York. Europe is pretty goddamn big. Sure, Eddie, but we've it, seen him. And that, those are soccer stadiums. The UK is very small, <laughs> like in I'm comparison just saying, to all of Europe. If, if, if Anthony Joshua fights in Africa, in Nigeria, he's packing it out. If Anthony Joshua okay. fights, and that's my only, my, my big thing was, I, I'm saying that because I've seen it. I haven't seen it with Canelo yet. Not saying he can't do it. Canelo's original plan, I could just talk about now at the zone, he was supposed to do a world tour at the zone. He was supposed to fight, I mean, that's what he wanted to do. He really wanted to fight Murata at the Tokyo Dome. Then he wanted to go somewhere in the UK and, and fight in the stadium. Which Triple G is doing now, right? That was yeah, announced. Yeah, he's fighting Murata at Tokyo Dome. Tokyo Dome. December 25th. Yeah, it's different though, obviously. Yeah, of course. But if Canelo was doing it, crazy. We would have been there. But that, that's what was his and, plan. And we would have stayed for Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> My wife would have been like, yo, why are you in Tokyo yeah, for 10 days? Yeah, like, yo, no, we just got to watch Canelo on the 25th and then stay to like yeah, the 8th. Yeah, never came home. Yeah. But... That Canelo's plan was like global domination. Like Canelo wanted to go over here. Now, don't get me wrong. AT and T Stadium, he's done that. Yes, right? those tickets are priced at like a nickel, though. So it was like, <laughs> <laughs> so it 
It's a little bit it different. Add, it adds up, sir. It adds up. Anthony Joshua is bigger. He makes a ton of money. Like, he's just a big star. Now that he's lost, obviously he's lost, lost some luster. I think they're getting closer, okay. right? And I think Canelo eventually, he's not going to do it this time because he said he's going to take some time fighting May. But if he takes a, a fight between May and September, I think he, he has to go somewhere else for that in-between fight and fight in a stadium against somebody from their country, wherever, wherever he goes. Because I, I need to see it now. Yeah. Because we're at the point now where Canelo's not just a great boxer. He's beyond just an attraction. He's a superstar. Where's Bivol from? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'll look it up, but uh, I know, like, that'd be an option. Yeah. I mean, it could be. But that, that, I think that's the next step for Canelo. But seeing... Oh, he's from Russia. Oh, well, I don't think Canelo's going there. No. no. Um, but seeing all these fans going absolutely nuts for Canelo in this arena, I was just like, damn, man, these... He's, I mean, they're stars, and the fact that he's now speaking English and he can infiltrate the American market a little bit better. It, Sky's I mean, the limit. He's, he's huge. Now, Floyd will be the first one to tell you, no, he's not. This boy's kind of a hater in a way. He's protective of his stardom. Um, but Canelo's eat, nipping at those heels in terms of the attract. Now, he's not going to do gangbusters, numbers. pay-per-view numbers, yeah. right? Models change, a lot of things like that. But... I look at Canelo, I'm just like, during his walkout, I'm like... I think he's as big of a star as Mayweather was. He, well, here's the crazy thing. <laughs> I, I think... Canelo, I mean, Canelo's 31. When Floyd was 31, he had just beat Ricky Hatton. Mm. So he was just starting his run. Yeah, he, after as being... As a Oscar, pay-per-view guy. Because before that, the Baldemir... Not Baldemir. The, um, every, everything before De La Hoya, even the Gotti fight didn't sell out. No. Right? No, it was Baldwin. And so that was his first post top one? Yeah, because he went, he went De La Hoya, and that's when it took off, and then it was Hatton. Now, right before that, it was Gotti. Like, Gotti was the one that really put him on the yeah. map. But he still wasn't selling out buildings. He fought De La Hoya. De La Hoya was the one who sold out everything. Yeah. But Mayweather properly grifted off of De La Hoya yeah. to get that done. Got the rub. Right. And then he fought, the smart thing was he fought Ricky Hatton. Hatton's fans travel, and it made him seem like an even bigger deal. Then he retired. People forget this. Floyd retired for two years. Then he came back and fought Marquez. But it was a marketing ploy because Floyd hardly fought like more than twice a year anyway. His hands were needed to get healed up. Came back, fought an undersized Marquez, beat him up, and he was like a full-fledged pay-per-view star. But at that point, he was 33. Canelo's 31. And it's just now reaching where Floyd... Floyd was like, I was doing this for a long time, but Canelo's right there. Yeah. The only thing missing for Canelo right now is a foil. He doesn't have, a, he doesn't have an opponent. Like, when Mayweather beat De La Hoya, and then when Mayweather knocked out Hatton, Manny Pacquiao was the... Right. Yeah. And then it became like, it was a race. You're beating all the same people. Yeah. Like, it, who can win better and more impressive? Exactly. And that helped push Floyd up because it... You had somebody there. Canelo doesn't have that right there. He has no rival. No. Triple G, the Triple G is going to be 40 in April. I don't see anyone coming either. No, nah, there's, there's nobody there. You would hope maybe Errol Spence could have been that guy, but Errol Spence needed to beat Manny Pacquiao, and that didn't happen. Yeah. The fight didn't happen. And even then, it wouldn't have made him that big of a star. Manny Pacquiao was truly a once-in-a-lifetime thing. 
We've never seen a human being rampage through divisions like that and just obliterate people. Then have a whole country behind them. Yeah. That's what you need. Like, Canelo needs that. That's what I think will prevent him from being as big as Floyd. Yeah. We, there's time. Because like you said, he's only 30. He's 31. One. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Man's got 60 fights. He does. <laughs> That's insane. Um, during, we mentioned it during the last show, but. I love that he sends Xander a message. Xander's eye is like 19, so it's not happening anytime soon. But it's one of those things where it's like the same Floyd trajectory. It's like, yo, listen, man, I'm going to be here in five years. I'm 31. I'll be here when I'm 36. And you're going to be 24. But I fought Floyd when I was 23, 24. So listen, you keep fighting six times a year and doing your thing. And we can have a Mexican-Puerto Rican rivalry, and we'll have one hell of a thing, and I'll pass the torch. You're not going to beat me, but I'll pass the figurative torch and pay-per-view and make you a star. Like, it, he's very keenly aware of where he stands in boxing. Yeah. And problem is, though, he's going to run out of people to fight. Yeah, he admitted it. He said the other so, day, he's like, if I fight four times a year, I might have anybody else to fight. All right, let's actually talk about the fight itself. Fight itself, Canelo Alvarez goes out there. Caleb Plant has a game plan early on. Stay behind the jab. Use your movement. From the opening bell, I gave total, I gave Caleb Plant two rounds. Mine was like the second and like the fifth or the sixth. But early on, I was like, yo, he's not starting fast enough to have a chance on the cards. You have to, even Amir Khan came out, and I thought started fast. And I was like, yo, he jumped up on Canelo like four rounds to one, and then the fight was over. <laughs> so I was like, yo, that didn't matter. And, and we've seen this, and I was like, yo, he's not active enough offensively to take rounds from Canelo. And then Canelo, like we, we talk about him digesting information and then putting together his game plan. They knew it immediately. He was like, oh, he's going to stay in the shell, like we mentioned on the last show, stupid Philly shell that he uses all the time. Like, yo, you're not Mayweather. No. You need a shoulder roll. Shoulder roll, yeah. And, like, you, you're not Mayweather. Square up, get in a normal stance, like figure out, put your guard up high so you're not getting chinned or anything, and then walk him down. Triple G style, that works more. Yeah, but no. Caleb would got killed if he did that. Well, lo and behold, he got killed anyway. But we'll go through the fight, and Caleb is just defensive, trying not to get hit, trying to, what it looks like, I'll point Canelo, but Canelo's landing way bigger punches. The first five rounds went almost identical. To the point of Caleb would throw, land probably either one more than Canelo that round or Canelo land one more than Caleb. Canelo had the harder punches. He would trap Caleb against the ropes. Caleb would eat punches to get out. We talked about you got to use the footwork. You got to circle away from Canelo. He tried. He got hit every time. He only went one direction. He kept rotating right the entire fight and eating left hands. Canelo threw the same left hand, same level, same everything. If Caleb stood up straight, it hit him in the body. If, Canelo, if Caleb, for some reason, ducked down when he went out, it hit him in the head. Constant, constant, constant. And then we get later on in the fights, and we start seeing Caleb slow down. Seventh, eighth, ninth round. I think the judges gave the ninth to Caleb. Yeah. At this point, Canelo starts slowing. I'm like, okay. That's when I noticed, oh, Canelo's just saving up. That, Canelo went full Goku at that point. 
That that was Dragon Ball Z Spirit Bomb episode. When it was like three episodes of Goku just standing there going like, oh, and draw, drawing the yeah. power. That was like the ninth and tenth rounds for Canelo. And it was like, oh, he's just going to do just enough. If you give him the rounds, you give him the rounds. He's going to explode in the 11th and 12th. Oh, and he just unloaded in the 11th, and Caleb Plant had nothing for him. At the end of the 10th, I think he rocks Caleb Plant, smiles at him. And I was like, oh, it's over. 11th comes out, blitzes him. Entire round. Caleb Plant gets hit with, this time, a body blow, leans over, gets hit with the overhand right that Canelo was throwing every now and then throughout the fight beforehand. Completely hits him on the temple. Boom, he falls down, puts the glove down. At this point, he gets up and walks to a corner, away from the ref, walks to a different corner. I was like, oh, he doesn't want to be here. As tough as he is. And after the fight, he said, I oh, I could have went on. He tells Canelo this. I want to keep fighting. Canelo shared that in a post-fight. It was a wrap. Canelo stalks him, hunts him, gets him against the ropes again. Big right hand, puts him down. Ref calls the fight. No 10 count. Canelo Alvarez, the undisputed champion. You picked eight rounds. It played out similarly to what you said. But the body work, it was there. But it wasn't what did the final job. No, it was. Uh, but I told you that Canelo had no interest in making this a boxing match. He he landed eleven jabs in the fight. <laughs> he had zero interest. Like he knew, I could, I'm going to walk him down. Pressure. And I said, what, what Caleb might try to do is meet him in the center of the ring. He met him in the center of the ring in the first round, yeah. and then immediately, because there's a thing like Gennady Golovkin used to do the same thing. You don't have to throw punches to apply pressure. You just have to be a small target that's coming forward. Mike Tyson used to be fantastic at this. Yep. And that pressure is exhausting. And it started very early. Canelo was throwing uh, like hooks to the body. There was no jabs. He wasn't throwing any jabs. Nah, all power punches. It, I mean, it was, it was absurd because he knew from the beginning. I, like, people kept saying it was like, oh, you know, I think – you know, Caleb could go 12. Like, this fight's not going the distance. Canelo has zero interest in this fight seeing the scorecards. He wants to hurt this man. There was no boxing involved. This was all, I'm going to hurt you, and I'm going to find my, my target. The problem with Caleb was, what I said, is like, you come into a zombie war with a pea shooter. None of that stuff you're hitting with Can Canelo was unbothered by everything that Caleb threw. Six round, Caleb lands like an uppercut. Clean. Melo's head snaps back, walks right through it. It doesn't matter. And when we, again, I said this before, we've all had that dream where we're beating up somebody and it's just, it's not doing anything. And that's Caleb's worst nightmare at this point because Canelo's not fighting butts. Canelo's not Mike Lee it's doing Subway sandwiches. <laughs> he's not any of these guys. He's Canelo Alvarez. He's the best in the world. And remember what I said, I was concerned because Caleb kept saying Canelo's opponents lose before they get in the ring. And I was like, no, they don't. No. They lose in the fight. They think they can win the fight, and they realize, oh, shit. I got nothing for Yeah, this ain't going to work. So Caleb is circling, shooting the jab, shooting the jab, and he's doing a good job. The thing I don't want to take away is that Caleb fought with his game plan, and he survived. But he didn't fight. Like that's a, all he did, though. But that's all he could do. It wasn't so much. It wasn't so much because I hear people saying, like Coppa just said, like he didn't go for it. That's not what Caleb does. Caleb doesn't. Go for it. You have to hurt somebody to go for it. But if I'm hitting you with a, 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 a spiked bat and you're still coming at me, I got some decisions to make. Because <laughs> it's like, all right, it's clear because there's no timeouts in boxing. We in a fight. 
and you fighting better than I'm fighting. I don't want to lose. I'm going to keep fighting. Yeah. And that's all you could do. Circle off, shoot the jab, circle off, try to throw a combination, try to score some points, try to win some well, When rounds. do you just say, like, yo, you just got to knock me out? Like, at this point, I, I know where this is going. Kill. I know that this is I, my game plan. I know this is what I'm good at. I'm going to go into a territory where I'm not good at it. It's, it's easier to say that to somebody when you see there's no other path to victory. Yeah. But, but I'm not the one getting punched in the face. Exactly. If you tell me, it's like, hey, man, all that stuff you're doing is not working. Just, just take off your bulletproof vest and run out there and just get shot. I'm be like, ah, I'm not going to do that. Well, that's I'll the only – this. It's like if you watch the movie Heat and they have that big bank shootout and a couple guys just jump out, ah, and they get shot and killed. That's what we wanted Caleb Plant to do. Mm. Caleb Plant didn't want to die. <laughs> he wanted to see the final bell. Yeah, I don't think he – yeah, because even if you get into a firefight, he's like, oh, I'm not going to win it against this No, guy. it's not going to work because yeah. I can't hurt him. Yeah. There's nothing I can do to hurt him. So the only thing I can do is hope I can squeeze out a few of these rounds. Because Make it close. There's no timeouts in boxing and just hope I get a funky-ass scorecard like Canelo did against Floyd. That's all you can do. Yeah. But by, like, I picked eight, Canelo – Caleb – Kept circling. His conditioning was much better than the uh, the Jose fight, but it was just a matter of when. Yep. And Canelo makes a decision. All right. Now it's time. Yeah, it's it's time. Like, I can see you're not taking these punches the same. I can see this left hook to the body. You're like, oh, you're wincing a little bit. Yeah. I can see this left hand over the top. It's like moving you a little bit more. All right. I'm gonna take this little round off. You know, because it doesn't matter. You could take the round off. You don't need the only energy you need is in your legs to get away from me. Yeah. Me, I need this, all this in my shoulders and my arms. And when he landed that combination, because it was left hook, it was a short uppercut yep. that put him down. It wasn't even that Caleb didn't want to be any, there anymore. Caleb was hurt. Yeah. Caleb has never been hurt like that. A lot of fighters need to be like, you know, I always say you got to get punched in the mouth one good time. Caleb got punched in the mouth several, several really good times. <laughs> Gets real old. Yeah. I mean, at that point, it was. 30 minutes into the fight. Yeah, it's like, oh. Because not, not only is it late in the fight, like, you're tired. Yeah, 30 minutes of anything is stupid tiring. Now this guy's still punching you, probably with similar power to what he was like, punching you in the first round. You know what's whack? Going to the gym and doing cardio. Cardio's whack. Oh, it's the worst right? part. It's like, it. oh, let's do some road work today. Yeah. Now, usually when you do road work, you can quit and be like, I don't want to do this anymore. But in boxing, the road work is until the fight ends. So he's been doing road work for almost 30 minutes with a guy punching him. Yeah. And then he finally catches you with that shot. There's nowhere to go. No. And I don't know how damaged he was uh, in terms of after the fight and going to the hospital. But I know his ego was killing him because he really believed he could win that fight. Yeah, and he, as he should have. But there's levels to this. And Canelo's the highest level. Canelo is the – look, if you goofs out there want to sit there and debate with me that somebody's better than Canelo Alvarez on the pound-for-pound pound list. No. It's absurd. There's not a current boxer on earth right now as good as It's Kamala. not even remotely close. <laughs> the distance is crazy. What we can argue is where is he all time? Well, that's, that's the conversation it's time to have. So we, got, we got people outside. Yeah, yeah so I got to wave every now and then. <laughs> um, so all time, I've seen people where they said, yo, with this, undisputed carries a lot of weight. It does. Doing it in 11 months. Yes. Is unheard of. Unfathomable. Especially in today's age. So he's a free agent. Cool. He had different roads to go and get it. People argue the division isn't at its strongest, whatever. Mandy's never been undisputed. Floyd's never been undisputed. Roy. 
No. Never undisputed. There's only been um, five. Yeah, I mean, in the four belt. The four I mean, even going back to, like, three belt era. Like, yeah. it was, there were some people back then, it was like, cool. There was yeah. never one in the 168 pounds. No. There was never, so, never anybody was undisputed champion. You look at this, and it's just like, he's the best in the past. And I know he lost to Floyd. He was a pup. He's the best in the past 25, 30 years? I mean, all right. So, Canelo has a place in the conversation. And people are going to try to crucify me for this. He's right there with the Sugar Ray Leonard's of the world. He's right there with the Tommy Hearns, with the Hagglers, with the Roberto Durans of the world. I can see that. People are going to argue, nah, nah, nah. But it's like, let's be clear. Go back and watch some of Sugar Ray's fights where he didn't look good. Because mm-hmm. Sugar Ray didn't spend his career fighting killers. No. Roberto Duran was the best lightweight I've ever seen, watching old tape of Duran. When he moved up, he kind of struggled. Yep. Tommy Hearns, it's kind of further back down the list because those fights, he lost. Yep. He eventually beat Duran. But then you look at what Canelo's accomplished, and they go, somebody on Twitter was like, what Canelo lost to Floyd? All right, Muhammad Ali lost. Sugar yeah, Ray, he's ahead of Floyd. Sugar like, Ray Robinson spent, a, he had one year where he was, was like one, two, and one, right? Ran him back and got him back. He, he got still, back those losses. Sugar Ray Roberts is still the greatest of all time because yep. what he did, what he accomplished, the loss doesn't matter to me. Like, being undefeated, let's be clear. There's a scenario Floyd Mayweather's not undefeated. It's the first Jose Luis Castillo fight. Yep. One judge sees that fight another way, he's not undefeated anymore. So I can't put a lot of stock in undefeated. I put a lot of stock in who you beat and how you beat them. And what Canelo's been doing it, I'm more impressed with how he's beating people. This guy goes to 68 pounds, beats the crap out of Callum Smith to the point where Callum Smith can't throw any punches. Callum Smith is the last person that survived Canelo. <laughs> Prior to that, Canelo went to 175 and knocked out Kovalev. Yep. Then he goes to distance with Callum Smith. Then he knocks out... Uh, Yildrum? Yeah, Yildrum. Then he stops Billy Joe Saunders, who had never been beat. Yep. Then he stops Caleb Plant, who had never been beat. And now he had Callum Smith, who had never been beat. He's beating undefeated fighters. Over and over and over. And not, like, taking breaks in between. No. like Not, not waiting a year between fighting these guys. He has fought and defeated three former top three pound-for-pound fighters. Shane Mosley was the number one pound-for-fighter fighter once upon a time. And people that want to say, well, he was the same. Look, we said the same argument with Floyd with a lot of people that he When fought. you beat them. Yes. But, but they're, on the, they're on your record. Sergey Kovalev at one time was the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. Gennady Golovkin, it wasn't at one time. He was the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. And it was a majority draw, and then Canelo met him in the center of the ring and beat him. Now, say what you want. Majority draw, a lot of us picked Gennady Golovkin. I a lot of people picked Castillo that beat Floyd. Yep. And I thought the second fight was a draw. So, But the fact is, that what, makes, what takes it over the top for me is that Canelo met Gennady in the middle of that ring. For 12 rounds. And I, that's what impressed me more than anything else. Let's be clear. They fight again May, September. Canelo stops it. More than likely. The only thing I have to say about that, and I'll pivot back to Canelo's greatness in a second, is that Gennady hasn't been inspired to fight. I truly think, like, the Derevchenko fights, like, Gennady's like, oh, I didn't come to the zone to fight anybody but Canelo. <laughs> yeah. And you keep putting these people in front of me, and I don't want to fight them. Yeah. There's only one man, and I know this for a fact because I spent time with Gennady. There's only one man that Gennady Golovkin wants to fight. It's Canelo Alvarez. 
And he goes to the zone, and Canelo's like, I don't want to fight you. And Canelo's like, what, that, what do you mean you want to fight me? He's like, it's not my contract. I ain't got to fight you. And now Gennady's pissed. So maybe he gets him for that fight, but the fact of the matter is he's 40. Yeah, this Murata fight is going to be big. Yeah, it'll be big over there. But you look at Canelo's greatness. He's won 16 world championships through four weight classes. 16. He's now 11, 1, and 1 against undefeated fighters. The one that draws to Golovkin and the losses to Floyd. He's been beating up on undefeated people. He has mostly, he's kind of short for this dude. Everybody, Very short. He, I said this last show. He hasn't fought a fighter shorter than him since Miguel Cotto. Wow. Everybody else has been taller than him Crazy. with a reach advantage. And he just beats them all up. Now he's 31. He's the undisputed super middleweight champion. He has held the middleweight champion. He's held the light heavyweight championship. And we're talking, like, what are we arguing when in terms of greatness? Like, what are, who are we putting there that's like, well, Sugar Ray Robinson is the bar. Muhammad Ali is obviously the bar because he fought everybody. everybody. And then you got guys like Harry Greb, Henry Armstrong, uh, Willie Pep, Jake LaMotta. But then when you get to, like, the Hagler, who's only a middleweight. I put Leonard High up there. You put Leonard High up there, but Leonard had some stinkers. He did. Like he, did. Let, he took Ray, a lot of breaks. Yeah, Sugar Ray had some stinkers. He played Marvin Hagler. Yeah. Right? Like, he played him like a fiddle. Which Hagler was, bounced. Just never came back after that. Well, uh, no, I'm, I'm talking about when Sugar Ray Leonard came, Listen. invited him to the ring to tell him, uh, y'all want to see me versus Mark, Marvin Hagler, but it's never going to happen because I'm retired. And Hagler's like, I got dressed up for this? <laughs> like, Sugar Ray Leonard played a lot of games. But Sugar Ray Leonard obviously is one of the greatest of all time. But I think... Canelo being in a conversation with Sugar Ray Leonard is not preposterous. At okay. one time, it was like, ah, we shouldn't be having this conversation. His contemporaries are now Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, Sugar Ray Leonard. Like, they kind of all are in the same, I can move these guys around. Yeah. Right? It, before, Canelo was like on the outside. But now Canelo's done this, and I'm like, I can't disagree. Like, Manny Pacquiao. He could finish top five. Yeah, he could. Like, let's just say. His, his next journey is to light heavyweight, where Joe Smith Jr., Better Biev, and Biv all have the titles. Those are three fights he can win. Oh, yeah. I think, I think he knocks out Joe Smith Jr. Well, yeah, he sends um, to him to the gods. Yeah, uh, Bivol. It's a tough fight, but Bivol's very slow. Yeah, and he's like a slower, taller Caleb. Player. Yeah, he just gets, he gets shredded up, right? Yeah. Better Biev is the one that's, that's a problem. Yeah. But the only problem with Better Biev. chasing before you get to Biv. Yeah, the only problem with Better Biev is. I haven't really seen him get punched in the face one good time. And I've not really seen him with, like, well, his oh, unification fight. That was a hell of a fight. It was he a hell of a fight. He got punched in the face quite a bit. But I think he almost got dropped once, and then they just poured it on. Yeah. I mean, it started off a little slower than yeah. uh, Vosdick. He just ran him over after yeah. that. But Canelo isn't any of those guys. In terms of boxing ability, upper body movement, footwork, ability to cut off the ring, power punching, this is like the perfect fighter. And then... The, the cherry on top. Some bitch ain't never been down. He's never that touched the canvas. Crazy. Like when he when he I was there when he fought Jose Miguel Cotto and Jose Miguel Cotto buzzed him and he was rocked bad and I was like oh the Canelo ship is ending. But then I realized like yo Canelo was just killing himself to make weight all this time. Now he's he's sixty eight. He's filled out. He's perfect. Ain't nobody beating this guy. Now we. Real quick before we hit the break, because there's still more to talk about. Like, we got to talk right. about UFC. Um, the question becomes, 
Does he go to Cruiser at some point? No. Does he Roy Jones it? No. No. I think he's smart enough to know his limits. I'm, I'm not sure. He's an ultimate competitor. He is, but. If the Cruiserweight division is in a world beater right now. No, but they're big. And all he takes the right. I looked at him and Tyson at the weigh-ins. Tyson's like an inch and a half taller than him. Well, yeah. I mean. And Tyson, you know, is slim now because of the weed and the yeah. healthiness and the veganism. But you look at it, it's like, yo, Tyson's not that big. He's fighting heavyweights. Yeah, but heavyweights they, weren't heavyweights. But like they, they yeah, they now. weren't. They weren't that. They weren't that big. Either. But they were like six three, six four. Yeah, no, that's true. So that man, man was five ten, fighting six three people. Like, and Roy didn't fight guys all the time. It took one guy where yeah, he was he like, yo, Ruiz, yeah. like Ruiz, his body type, his style, I got that. And he had a belt, right? And he had a belt. Yeah. So and I'm not saying Canelo stays. I'm saying you look at a guy, uh, what's his name, like Oakley or whatever. Isn't he the champion? Who? The black dude from uh, the UK. He's with Matt. Coley? Lawrence Coley? Oh, Coley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, a cha- he's not overly filled out. Tall. I mean, he's going to be a heavyweight. But Yeah, but I think he's a cruiserweight champion. He probably dropped yeah, it yeah. No, but he, yeah, he's, he's I think really he's moving big. Up. Him, him, like, uh, Buatzi, those are all pretty big guys. I mean, if you find the right opponent, I, I wouldn't put it outside the realm of possibility. I just kind of look at Canelo's going to take this time off, and I know what he's doing. He's taking his time off. He's going to watch Gennady Golovkin in December. And he's going to be like, hmm, because there's money in that fight. Yep. And then it's like him. Do I fight Jamal Charlo? David Benavidez fights this weekend. I got to make a decision. So I got to look at all these guys and figure out who I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight one of them in May, right? I'm going I'm to pick who wins the Canelo sweepstakes, just like the Floyd sweepstakes. <laughs> Red panty night. Yeah. So it'll be one of them. I don't think he goes after 75 until September. I think, I think he waits. I think he at least makes a successful defense of the Undisputed Championship because, so nobody can take that part away from him. Yeah. And then he goes, all right, cool. I'm going to move up. But I think that's where we're looking at. And Triple G would have to move up to 68. Yeah, Triple Nello, G, Charlo. No Charlo has to move up to 68. And I think at this point, Triple G being 40 years old, he's like, all right. You're probably welcome. <laughs> like, look, man, if this is the only way I'm going to get the fight, because I can't just be fighting bums for the rest of my life, I, I, I'll take it. Yeah. Charlo's probably in the same boat. He's going to look at his like, ah, it's an opportunity. All right, why not? Al, I'm going to take this fight. Yep. I think and people keep telling me, he's like, this is a crazy criticism. And then we go over it. They were like, Canelo is scared of black fighters. And I was yeah. like, wait, he hasn't fought any black fighters since Floyd. I was like, what? And I'm positive that Canelo's heard this. And I know he's sitting there like, give me that Charlo motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care. Like, no, give him a black champion. They just haven't had the belts yeah, <laughs> in the division. Like, like, whoever's got it, he's going to beat it. But Canelo, Canelo right now, hands down, best in the world. The only person that I could see beating him is retired right now, and his name is Andre Ward. That's the only person that I could see yeah. could give Canelo a problem because he's a thinking man's fighter and has all the tools. Other than that, nobody's beating Canelo Alvarez. Prematurely retired Andre Ward. Yeah. That would have been a great fall. It would have. So let's hit the break. We got to come back. We still got to talk UFC. It's crazy. But we have to talk about that today because we're doing a pro wrestling show on Wednesday. We're not kicking this to Wednesday. The bloodbath at WWE. <laughs> so uh, don't go anywhere. Everyone watching on live stream, thank you for hanging around this whole time. People are still watching. We appreciate you guys. Two-minute break. We're going to come right back and wrap this up with UFC 268. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? 
Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. All right, we are back. Time to talk UFC 268. Thanks, everyone, for watching on live stream. Thanks, everyone, for listening on the pod. Y'all are crazy. I can't believe y'all listen to the show for this long. Listen to- Yo, we're two hours deep. I didn't even know the time. So yeah, that's, that's wild. But now time to recap UFC 268 from this past weekend. Amazing car. It was. I was watching it ringside at Canelo. I was yeah. like, damn, <laughs> I should be at the garden right now. Why front, am I not in New York? Front to back. They had six straight knockouts yeah. at one point. And then what stopped that was Gaethje versus Chandler. But we'll go through um, some of the early fights just to prop everyone up. I got one fight to talk about in the prelims. It's brother Chris Barnett. Barnett. I was going to say, I'm a Chris Barnett fan. Yo. What is the haircut, though? Like the little joint? Listen, I don't got hair, so you got to rock whatever you want. But you got like the little tiny ponytail up top. But anyone that comes out and Harlem shakes immediately. In 2021. Yo, he played special delivery. And he went out there, and he, he had it. He had the moves. He did the shoulder taps. I was like, oh, you've been Harlem shaking for a while. Yeah, and you've been waiting since G-Dep first dropped special delivery. <laughs> and you were like, yo, G-Dep, when my time comes, and little did you know, it'd be damn near 20 years later that your time <laughs> will come, and you got the Harlem shake to the octagon. And then he, 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 he killed Volante with a spinning heel kick. Yo, you don't see that every day. It, uh, yo, all of th- this entire fight from the walkout, to the heel kick, to the front flip, laying on your ass finish. <laughs> I felt like I was watching the game of Tekken. <laughs> it is. a straight out video game. Like, this isn't even, like, Tekken levels. Like, that's, that's, like, giving it too much credit. It's so crazy. This reminds me when I played, like, Virtual Fighter. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you want to, like, throw it back. Like, it's, it's one of those. Like, this came with the, with the Dreamcast yeah. as, like, the free game. Like, he's one of those characters. My man is just larger than life. Literally. And uh, I, I can't wait to see him fight again. It's one of those where it's like instant star-making performance. Yeah, like, like who you don't, you don't got to be champion to be a star. I hope you got a bonus. I hope so, too, but this car was wild, so maybe this, not. This car was bonus. Just give the man, just, make up a bonus. Yeah, it's like, oh. Fat man dance bonus. Yeah. I love it. Jiggly 50, bonus. Yeah, 50K. All right. Just for up. doing that. Um, Ian Gary. Great debut. UFC debut. Yeah, look. As advertised. Yes, yes. Another problem. Uh. Gave Conor McGregor the shout-out. We're not here to take part. We're here to take over, yep, part Con- two. Conor shouted him out right back. So yeah. you probably have a star in the making with Ian Gary. Um, Magomed beat up Volkan Ozdemir. I don't know what Ozdemir is, man. Why are you talking about Magomed? Oh, sorry, wrong card. That was last weekend. Yeah. My bad, my bad. Too many fights. No, 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 Shabazian um, lost. Shabazian. Three in a row. I'm evolved. And, and listen, yeah, he's... You know, it's, it's a lot of cats from Russia, they usually wrestle, and he's a striker, and he needs to go wrestle. How about that? <laughs> but he was, again, the number one, I think two years ago. Yeah, he was a pr- great number prospect. Number one prospect under 25. Some, some of them just don't evolve, and he didn't evolve. He had evolved, movement. Yeah, That's I evolved just, does. like, I mean, he out, he just grappled him, had him a, a few tough spots with darts chokes, and yeah. Oh, man. Then after that, Chris Curtis versus Phil Hawes. Yo, Megatron looked like he was about to finish off Chris Curtis. And I looked up. And I looked <laughs> back down, and, and, Kurt, and, and I had my AirPods in. And uh, I just heard, like, Chris Curtis' left hand hit. 
And I thought it was Phil Hawes hitting him. And I looked, and I was like, wait, 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 what happened? Phil Hawes is stumbling backwards. I was like, oh. Looked like he got hit with a two-by-four. Yeah. And I mean, that's Hacksaw like, Jim Duggan style. The, like, the that was crack great. that it made. Uh, but this was, this was a phenomenal card. Let's keep going. Um, Bobby Green sent old Al back to real estate. Al Iaquinta, hometown mm. boy. Listen, man, it's, it's cold in Long Island right now. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> the, the Knicks are struggling again. They had Ricky Rubio dropping 40 on their neck. Then Ally Quinta goes out there, and he just, yeah, everyone, ow, ow, ow. It's like, yo, it's time time to sell real estate in the Hamptons. Yeah. And, then, and what was that? Eight years to the date of Bobby Green's last knockout. Wow. To the date. And he finished off Ally Quinta. And Al hadn't fought in a while. Bobby Green has always been a tough dude in the lightweight division. Got his finish. Finished the guy in, in his backyard. That sucks. And then we have Alex Pieria. Yes, Alex Pierre is the last man to knock out Israel Adesanya. Yes. I think Izzy ran that back and beat him, though. He did. Like but he's the last stuff. man. But the reason that's why he's here. Yeah. And it's the reason why he headlined the prelim. Because the UFC is already like, all right, we got to find Izzy another challenge. Yep. Quick, fast. The story writes itself. Four and one in MMA. And then it looked a little, looked a little shaky at first. Got taken to the ground. Had to survive. I was like, oh. And then it took 10 seconds into the second round. He was like, oh, I stand up again? Say less. That flying knee. Flying knee, out cold. Should have been a walk-off. Yeah. But the ref was like, oh, feed him two I more mean, punches. I mean, Perry looked like he walked off. The ref was like, no, where are you going? Finish yeah, the, yeah, finish. Finish your food. <laughs> and, yeah. Two more. Miguelitas didn't have a shot in hell after that. He got, he got nuked by that. Good game plan. No game plan for getting kicked in the face. Nah. nah. Or need in the face in this case. Yeah. Match of the night. I One mean, of the matches of the year. Duh. My only critique I wish it was five. Yeah. And I don't even care because I'm glad it was. I wish it was five. I'm glad it was three for the sake of their health and long-term health. Listen, I didn't need them to damage themselves anymore. Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler, open the UFC 268 pay-per-view card. Um, cool. I like it. It's a hot opener. That's pro wrestling style because uh, women has three people on the card. You know why I think Dana did this? I, I have my theories. Dana White looked at his card and was like, what time does Canelo start? <laughs> I don't want to miss this. I don't want to miss this fight. <laughs> so let's put it on for I think he did it selfishly for himself because he didn't want to miss it. Smart man. Because he, he knew. He helped us. Yeah, there's Thank no. There, like, I, the, my wrong prediction, which I thought everybody's prediction was, is like there's no way in hell this is going the distance. And it went the distance. There were several times where it shouldn't have went the distance. Listen, uh, all right. So, first of all, Chandler's, he's a lunatic. Yeah. Man he, had no leg at the end of it. No. I mean, one leg was, like, a, a clearly a, a couple sizes bigger than the other. Yeah. And he was just eating leg kicks. It wasn't that. It was him saying, come on, with his face just busted up. Hands down. Eating punches. And Gaethje has this nice little tell when he comes in. He starts doing this before <laughs> he throws. Because now he's like, I'm going to finish you. And Chandler's just, like, eating these shots. And obviously, early in the fight, Gagey gets buzzed by Chandler. Gagey wakes up. I'm in a fight. <laughs> like, I don't know why it, sometimes it takes that for Gagey to do it. Like, you got to buzz him. Because he buzzed, Chandler buzzed him good with that left hook. Oh, yeah. And they just went to war. He had the wobbly legs. He had the Zap Judah for a second. Yeah. And it, for whatever reason, it's like rebooting a computer. <laughs> it's like your computer's <laughs> messing up. It's like reset. He just hit him. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, all right, let's fight. And 
Chandler learned the hard way. Like, this dude just doesn't go away. At all. It Again, Dustin Poirier 2.0 in this division is special. Yeah. Because what he did, one, he withstood the best that Gaethje threw at him and then came back. I only caught Justin Gaethje, but finished him. Yep. Very tough to do, as we've seen. Because Chandler's had him, even in the third round, Chandler hit him with stuff where you're like, oh, yeah, he couldn't come back. No, nope. couldn't finish it up. And Gacy just kept coming. Kept. He's always been that weird, like, zombie-like guy where it's like, yo, he's just going to keep walking you down and eating punches. And you can't eat his like he can eat yours. No, he's scared. I mean, he is hands down the most exciting fighter, period. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's, there's no must-watch TV every time. There's no question when Justin Gacy's on – my screen, it's going to be violence. Every time. It's, it's just you violence. You get some entertaining. Yeah, it's like, oh, if I go get a prescription at the doctor, and the doctor's like, I prescribed you violence. And I was like, all right, what kind of pill is that? And it's like, it's this highlight, Justin Gaethje pill. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm going to take it. And I come back to the doctor be like, thank you for that pill. <laughs> I know what violence is like now. Yes. Because right. there's nobody else that's this violent. Because what makes him special, like there's violent fighters. Like Khabib could be violent from the ground. Gaethje has no interest taking you to the ground. He's here to punch you, kick you, and hurt you. All-American wrestler, which his wrestling defense was great. It's always been this great. Fight. His takedown defense so he has been phenomenal. taken down on like a slam, but did a cartwheel and like flipped over and it was right back up. Impeccable. Only person to really take him down and hold him down was Habib. Yeah, which is, which is special. That's man all different. Bears. You're yeah. not a bear, Justin. No. Um, anyone outside of a bear and Habib not taking this man down. We've seen that. So it was just – but he has no use for his – all-American wrestling skills offensively. No, he doesn't, he doesn't care. Nah. Like, I watched him fight Luis Palomino in the World Series of Fighting. And Palomino said, we're going to make this a stand-up war. And Justin Gaethje said, thank you. Literally, he said, thank you. And then he proceeded to kick this man's leg off. Like, I, this was, I think I said this. I was like, oh, I haven't seen nobody kick somebody's leg off like this since Jose Aldo. Yeah. And it was just, it was brutal. And he did the same thing to Chandler. And Chandler couldn't even check him. He was like, oh, I'm just going to switch stances. Switch stances. <laughs> That's all you can do. I, I I, if I, I don't know what to do. Because Chandler started by kicking Gaethje. Yeah, they, Gaethje was kick, like, all right, cool. What's and up? Gaethje's leg was getting red, but Chandler's foot, if you rewatch the fight, at the end of the first round, look at Chandler's foot that he kicks with, his right foot. His left leg is the one that got beat up by Gaethje. Look at his right foot. It is bright red and getting swollen from kicking Justin Gaethje. Because Justin Gaethje's shins are made out of something that we do not. It, it's vibranium from Wakanda. We don't know where you can find this. This man's shins are on a whole different level. Yeah. So kicking him hurts as much as him kicking you. It's crazy. Throw that whole game plan out of here. I mean, it was all thrown out. Chandler just didn't know what to do at that point. Jane, but he Gaethje, survived. Yeah. He's crazy. And he's, he, I mean, he'll get another fight. He's here in the UFC. He'll never be champion. I don't think he's built for it. But, uh, but Gaethje's now... Obviously, number one. Contender. Yeah, they, whoever wins out Oliveira and Poirier, has, has, you got to fight Gaethje. You have yeah. to. Sorry, Connor. When it's time to come back, hey, yo, it kind of. If you want to come back, February, look, look, March. Look, I'll put it like this: got to fight Nate. <laughs> Con- no, wait. no, Connor. If you are a bad motherfucker, you call out Justin Gaethje. I bet you won't. Okay. <laughs> I bet you. Why won't. you want to do this to Connor? I'm just saying that <laughs> is my message. Him? If Conor McGregor still believes in himself as the baddest man in MMA, call out Justin Gaethje. Don't call out Nate Diaz. We got a bottle of proper whiskey here in the studio. I'm just saying. That would be the last bottle this man sells because Justin Gaethje, what? You, like, this, you this, call, ain't, this ain't an old man in a bar. 
Justin Gaethje will put it on. That's what I'm just saying. You you call out people. You want to fight people. Like, you want to fight for money. Fight. No, no, no. Fight him. Mm. Just fight him. Go fight Nate. Like, don't <laughs> no, fight Nate. Don't like, listen to him. Go fight Nate. No, call out Justin Gaethje. Please and thank you. Oh. Make us all happy because I want to see that fight. But I just, when you talk, because it's not like Justin Gaethje is not beatable. He, he's lost. Yeah. You couldn't. You can theoretically knock him out. Yeah, it's it's you. You have to you make don't it take decision. your leg before. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you are not leaving the same. No, you, you are coming. You better going be a to Mingo because you got to be fighting on one leg to knock him. Yeah, out. it's like you you are coming to fight. So if Conor McGregor is coming back to lightweight division, I don't care about Nate Diaz. I don't care about the loser of Oliveira. Too many losses in a row. No, I don't care. Know. If you think you're that good, you call out Justin Gaethje. And I will tell you this: when you're coming back. From left leg surgery, and it just broke in the middle of a ring or the octagon, and that's why you were put on the shelf, and they just reconstructed your ankle and shin bones. You do not come back and fight Justin Gaethje. Not if you bad, you do. He ain't bad. That's, this is, this is the worst time. I'm, I'm just like, saying. It, I'm just saying. We don't even know if the back can stand on saying, his leg. You want him to take I've, kicks? I've never heard Conor McGregor say Justin Gaethje's name. I've heard him say it twice. And he said he would knock out Justin Gaethje. And then... It, it's one thing to say, I'm going to knock you out. Call him out and say, that's the fight I want. That's all I want to hear him say. I want to hear Conor McGregor say, time. I'm fighting you. This ain't the time for that. It was this, never the time. It was never the time. This ain't the time. Because I, I'm not saying Conor can't win. I'm just saying, if you the best and you the toughest, you call out the dude that... Like, Chandler fought him. Chandler was like, well, what's up? And Chandler, it's not like Chandler's better than anybody. It's just like... You gotta be brave. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what Conor got that dog in him. <laughs> you gotta be brave. Like fighting him is like driving in like the Daytona 500 with no seatbelt. Yeah, you can't shoot on Justin Gaethje. So Conor gets hurt, he shoots on people, no. and then it's like, cool, they'll feed you two punches and you're out of here, right? Like, or they'll choke you out. You get tired against Justin Gaethje because Conor fights Justin. It's a five rounder. Yeah, you get tired. Oh. Yo, it's you're beating, trying to you're them trying hammer to say fists, to the gods beating on your head like congas, Yo. Donkey Kong, Donkey and Diddy Kong used to beat on the drums like this. Why do you want to do this to this man? I, I just, I just got look, another kid. I don't care. <laughs> you don't care about that kid that much. He's on the not yacht. take a fight. Just take the fight. No, you don't take that fight unless you got the belt. I, I mean, I, forcing you. look, I get it. I understand if he didn't take the fight. I'm just saying, I want to see. Um, next up, Shane Burgos versus Billy Q. That's all right. I mean, Burgos did what he had to do. Um, I mean, it was a really good fight. I mean, let me not understand. It just came after the Gagey fight, well, it and it was, was just like, yeah. that's tough. Yeah, it was like, yeah. You know, you, you, I just drank the best whiskey in the yeah. world, and then you was like, here, have a Bud Light. And I was it? like, oh, no, nah, I don't want to call it a Bud Light. That's really disrespectful. <laughs> you always mention uh, Jericho and Triple H going on after, what, Rock and Hogan? Yeah, yeah. And it, that, that's the scenario. It wasn't a bad match. Like, the problem was, like, Rock and Hogan just tore the house down, and Jericho and Triple H is st- standing here, and, like, everybody's like, yo, we're tired. Yeah. <laughs> they, these two done burnt us out. What y'all got? Y'all can't do this. Nah, so, I mean, they tried. It was a good fight, but Burgos wins. But, yeah, nah, it was just the audience needed a palate cleanser. Yeah. Then Marlon Vera versus Frankie Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie I'm sorry, I can't laugh. I don't want to laugh at Frankie, man. But <laughs> you bringing up the picture? Yeah, again? I got to, man. Because we should have had Cole load this picture up. Oh, this is like the best <laughs> picture. Ever. <laughs> we could have put it on the screen. Uh, but yo, anybody see this? Oh man, Frankie, don't. <laughs> Why this guy got to do this? Yeah, 
Gotta put it on camera. It don't look real. He's eating a foot. It doesn't oh. look real. Look at the production staff. Look, producer Cole, baby. Look at this guy getting the zoom in. See, I thought he looked like a melted wax candle of Grandpa Simpson. <laughs> but somebody corrected me and said he looked like the uh, what was it? The uh, the old uh, somebody said sloth from the Goonies. There's so many. <laughs> there were so many things the, the that I Popeye, saw here. The Popeye edit where they put oh, the pipe in his one mouth of the best ones. and the spinach down by the foot. Is incredible. People are too talented on Twitter. <laughs> oh, it's the uh, it's the sad monkey NFT. Yo, he does look like the sad monkey. Yo, if you and I, this that was what I tweeted. Like if I if you ever capture a picture of me getting hit like this and I turn into the sad monkey NFT, I'm retiring. Yeah, it's not from just fighting from life. Just bury me a G. It's over. <laughs> yeah. I, I've done all I have had to do in life. You can't take a picture of me looking like this. Go hit the Killmonger speech. Yeah. Bury me in the ocean with my ass. Yeah, with like, my ass out of here. Take, take me out of here because I can't live with this. <laughs> Back with the fight itself, Frankie Edgar started off perfectly fine. He just kind of wore down. Marlon Vera just younger, stronger. I thought Frankie won the first two rounds. He, he, I thought he won the first the round. The takedown. The people had a 1-1. He didn't look very good in the second round. But I thought the takedown was enough yeah. at the end. He... Leaves the round in a dominant position. It's like, yo. And I could still see it 1-1, and he wasn't doing horribly until he ate the foot. Yo, that foot. And, and Vera was throwing that foot constantly through the fight. I mean, there was no telling. He shot a front kick through the middle and fr- caught Frankie flush. And Frankie, like, he looked like Marge Simpson getting ready to throw the uppercut. When he <laughs> fell, he was like, eh. And, you know, the referee was like, that's enough, that's Frankie. It. I don't know if the referee even saw what they turned into the sad monkey NFT. No, but the rest saw enough because Frankie was like, no, I want to keep going. And it's, I was watching it with my wife this morning because we rewatched the whole thing so I could like, see the entire card. And then she was like, oh, no, he want to get back up. And then he stands up, and he doesn't know where he is. No, he just ate the He's just wobbly. Like, and it's one of those things where I was like, maybe he could have wrestled for like 40 seconds and survived. As soon as he's on his feet again, it was over. And the wor- you know the, the worst part, aside from the sad monkey NFT or the wax candle, is that <laughs> right before this happens, the second round ends with Marlon Vera flipping off Frankie Edgar. Yeah, like straight beef style. And it's like, wait a second. And, you know, Frankie's like, you got to go to the corner thinking, this dude just flipped me off in the middle of the octagon. Why did he do that? I'm going to get my payback. And then you get a foot in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you ate that foot like a pancake. Oh. Look at it. Yeah, I wouldn't eat that pancake. <laughs> exactly. No one should eat these pancakes as an adult. Stop. Um, co-main event, Rose Namajunas versus Wei Li Zhang. All right, how did you score the fight? Again, I understand that my scorecards might be off compared to everyone else. I thought Wei Li won rounds one and two. Three was the toss-up. She lost four and five. Agreed. I think she did enough in three to win the third round. I, I agree. But I could be convinced otherwise because, you know what really messed me up when I was watching this morning? Four and five left such a bad taste in my mouth because I was like, yo, she landed good takedowns, and that's why I gave her one and two. She could not get back up if she ever hit her, hit her back. Like, Rose, when Rose was in dominant positions, dominated on the ground. And I think in the third round when I gave Wei Lee the round, it was even on the hands. Wei Lee goes for a takedown. It's down, but I think that's the one where Rose ends up flipping over mm-hmm. and ending up in top control to end the round. So I was like, Whaley landed the takedown. She got swept. 
Yeah. And like went for like a choke or something and then Rose like spun out of it. So I was like, she landed a takedown, secured it, went for a sub. The sub was reversed and ended up on her back. So I was like, I don't know if that's a point for Rose because Rose didn't get down there. She was just defensive in the position. Yeah. And ended up in a great position at the end. So I gave it to Whaley in the third off of that. But someone can convince me otherwise. If they had Rose doing better on the feet before they ever touched the ground, then I can understand giving Rose that round. Yeah, so to be clear, Rose Dama Eunice wins a split decision, retains the women's strawweight title against Willie Zhang. I had it the same way. Uh, the thing that impressed me the most about Rose is what I thought would be her demise. I thought Whaley would eventually break her with the pressure. Rose made an adjustment and started securing her own takedowns. Yep. And started saying, I'll beat you at your game. And in my mind, I know fights aren't scored like this, but I was like, well, I guess Rose should win because she turned the tables on with his <laughs> yeah. That's just how I saw it. Other than that, if I went back, I watched the fight this morning, and I was like, man, three is really tough because Zhang is in control, but it just don't look good when Rose sweeps her yeah. and ends up in top position and is actually working. And if you're a judge, it's usually like the last thing you see, and you go, all right, the one judge that scored at 49-46 for Rose, get him out of here. Bug him. Like, there's no way that Rose run four rounds, right? Whaley at least won two. Yep. First and second. That's, that's definitive. But Rose retains the title. Uh, these two I feel like are going to meet again at some point. Not immediate. It's going to yeah. take a second. I feel like Whaley has enough to beat everyone else in the division. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who beats her right now. Yeah. I mean, her and Joanna could run it back. They should run it back. That should determine that should who fights Rose fight. again. Yeah. Well, no, actually, Rose should fight Carlos Sparza. Let's be clear. Carlos Sparza beat Rose Amma Yunus in the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. She's never She's had a run. chance to run that back. Carlos finally on the run. Carlos was the first women's strawweight champion. That's an obvious fight to make. Rose Amma Yunus, Carlos Sparza. You could put that on the car and have it headline yep. if you wanted to. And then the co-main event be Joanna and Weili Zhang. Oh, and I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, I'm sold. Yeah. That's all you got to give me. You can, you can just say, all right, that's the co-main event. And I was like, word? Make it a five-rounder. Yeah. Listen, I ain't mad at that. Like, but there's, oddly enough, there's a lot of contenders kind of at that weight. There are. So, I mean, we, there's options for the first time in what seems like I don't like care. I just want Joanna and Whaley to fight again. That, that, I was there for that fight. That was one of the craziest spectacles I've ever seen. Norma DeMont, I'm trying to look through. I mean, women's straw weight, there's... That, that your top four, your top. Oh, four. Marina Rodriguez. Yeah. How does she not get the next title shot? No, nah, it's Carla Sparza. It's, Over it's Carla. Yeah, Carla Sparza is the number one contender behind. Damn, she looked good against. Carla's number two right now. Dern, though. All it's, right. It's Carla. It's it's and there's, Carla. There's a story. There. Yeah, there's it's unquestionably Carla Sparza. It'll probably end up in a co-main event. Rose Namajunas, is Carla Sparza, but that's the fight to make. Yeah. I I just selfishly I want Yoanna and Willie Zhang because they smoked each other. And I watched it, and I couldn't believe what I was watching. They, they, those two got to run it back. Amanda should be fighting again soon, right? Yeah, sure. Maybe she fights Marina Rodriguez. No. No, Nunez. Oh, you talking about – oh, no, Nunez fights Juliana Pena in December. December oh, she, 11. they rebooked it. Okay, yeah, I didn't the, know they rebooked it. That's the co-main, the Poirier, uh, Oliveira. Okay, dope. I thought it maybe a January card, throw them on nah, that nah. same card. Uh, that's, that's, I mean, that's Bantamweight, Featherweight. We're talking about Strawweight. We're talking about no, no, I'm just saying, like, on the same card. You're oh, saying it's yeah, going to yeah. be a co-main. I was like, oh, like, what can it co-main no, yeah. under? But, no, they never – we know this. I mean, Amanda never headlines. No. I don't know why. Yeah, She's a star. It's so super disrespectful. And then main event, Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington. Honda forever. Uh, <laughs> Colby Covington, I'll, I'll let you know this. 
you say what you want about the person, the fighter. I pop every time he comes out to the Kurt Angle. Oh music. yeah, <laughs> one of the best walkouts in MMA. And the whole crowd, you suck. Come on, like that's that's leaning into the gimmick in the best of ways. Hey, what do we say? Everything is pro wrestling, Thank baby. You. Listen, if you don't like it, who cares? We're using it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought entrance was great. The atmosphere around her was great. I would I say I wasn't too fond of the Colby chance. That upset me. Really? Who's Were you what? surprised? He came out with the fire department in New York. I don't care. Or police department in New York. I, I know. I'm just saying. Yeah, Look, I mean, he, he I'll, be very, I'll be very clear. Cole, Colby Covington, terrible gimmick. Incredible fighter. Oh, incredible. Toughness is his greatest attribute. But like I told everyone leading up to this, toughness don't win fights. Nah. I mean, like, if that's the... That's the only thing you have over Kamaru Usman, in which I think that's a false narrative, too. Like, right. I think Usman's tougher than everyone else as well. But sure, if you want to say you're listing out, like, Madden attributes or UFC 4 attributes, and the only thing you go down the list, and Kobe Covington is only better than Usman in toughness, you're not winning that. No. And that's what we saw play out again here. It was like round six of the other fight. Well, you know what it was? It was Caleb Plant, Canelo Alvarez. Yep. Like it's a little more competitive. Well, what I'm saying is Kobe. Kobe rocked him in the fourth. Kobe finished his fights round four and five pretty well. He did. I think he, he took round four. He he just didn't have enough firepower. Yeah, because even though the strikes landed were roughly the same, he didn't. His punches clearly didn't have the effect that Camaro's had. Camaro was this close to stopping him in the second. Yeah. There, yo, he made a face plan with the first left hand. I thought the fight was over. Oh, the, the time left. Again, kudos to Kobe being a smart fighter. He grabbed that back ankle like it was the last poke chop on the table. Yeah, He yeah. was not letting go of that bad boy, and he survived the last 15 seconds of that round. Never tried to pick his head up. Never tried to do anything else. He ducked his head like in between Camaro's legs, grabbed the back ankle. He's like, you're not hitting me again. Yeah, he had no interest. It wasn't like a pork chop. It was the last maggot hat on the table. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I thought – you know, I predicted that Kamara would finish this one sooner because I didn't think Kobe could do anything different. I should have thought Kobe would do something different. It's like, I'm not just going to recklessly fight. Yeah. They were a lot more cautious in this fight. They were a lot more composed. Kobe tried to wrestle. The takedown defense is immaculate. Nobody's taking Kamara down. DC wanted to give Kobe one of those takedowns. But Kamara got up. He was by the cage. I mean, I think it was the one where he shot through and, and Kamara rolled with him. Yeah. And just landed and came back up. And DC was like, oh, it's like, no, DC. That's not a takedown. But Kamaru Usman is, he's just, he's too good. But that fight ended up leaving more questions than answers for Kamaru Usman. Because I thought Kamaru needed to finish that fight. He's still the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world. Yeah. But it it begs the question, like, you know, Dana was like, he's better than GSP. Uh, That's not true. Kamaru Usman washes GSP if they fight. That's not true. I 100% wholeheartedly believe that. They're not going to lay and pray Kamaru Usman. You can't take him down. Here's the thing. GSP took down everybody. That's fair. He's not. Like, GS, the thing is, to say that Kamara Usman is better than GSP now is like sour grapes coming from Dana White. <laughs> okay. Because it's not real because GSP defended that title 14 times. Like when people say LeBron would beat Michael Jordan. Right? Yeah, it's like, get, can we get Kamara closer to breaking your record first? Sure. Right? It, it, and now we talk about I've the I've seen great. GSP get knocked out, by the way. We, yes, we have seen of course. GSP. But I've not the, seen Kamara. Not yet, but can we? Are we sure that Kamaru's fought the same level of competition as GSP? 
Matt Hughes is widely regarded as one of the greatest welterweights to ever live. Yes. And it's kind of like GSP fought Matt Hughes when, like, when Canelo fought Mayweather. Yeah. GSP is just getting that fight back. I'm trying to see who's the best opponent. Like, Kamaru beat a prime Tyron Woodley. Was he? I mean, he I think he was. Yeah, he was yeah, champ. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was running through Robbie Lawler. Yeah. At that point, people were like, yo, is Tyron Woodley going to end funny. up the best welterweight of all time? But here's the funny part about that. He beat Robbie Lawler, right? If you would have put Robbie Lawler in there with GSP, people would be like, what? Robbie Lawler had a resurgent career. Not saying, what I'm saying is, I don't like this comparison yet. Okay. I, Kamaru is beat Colby Covington, beat Jorge Masvidal, who was, I always thought was terribly overrated. Knocked him out, which is, I think, incredibly impressive. He's deserving of the number one pound-for-pound fight in the world right now. GSP fought prime Carlos Condit. Like, yeah. natural-born killer Carlos Condit. A murderer. I saw Big Rig. It might have been Juice to Gale's Big Rig. Yes. Beat GSP with my two eyes. Well, Juice to <laughs> I, Gale's I mean, GSP. GSP got the decision, but I thought that was a questionable decision. So, Camaro hasn't had a questionable decision. Well, Camaro has. GS, there was a time where GSP didn't lose a round. There was a time. Like, where a round. Yeah. In, not, not a fight. A round. He, like he swept. Year. like he, he, Yeah, he, I think he swept. I want, was, to say, I want to like say it was like 34 rounds. I think yeah. it was like 34 straight rounds. Kamaru's not there yet. Not to say he can't. I just think it's a little premature because I'd like to see him get a few more title defenses before Fair. we start making that comparison. Like, he just got the title. Yep. You know, like when John Jones first won the title, yeah, I could see he could potentially become one of the greatest of all time. But can we get there first? Yep. I think Kamaru's going to – I think he'll eventually get there. I'm a little concerned with him getting rocked by Colby Covington. I cannot lie. When Colby hit him, I was like, by everybody, though. Yeah, and Burns. I was like, okay. Because if you look at the landscape of the welterweight division right now, there is no killer like Carlos Condit. No. There is no, like, Gilbert Burns, yeah, but not really. Yeah, he ate that. Yeah, so it's like, you know what makes him perhaps the greatest welterweight of all time? If Kamayev is what we think he is, and then he fight, and Kamaru Usman washes him. Yeah, he knocks out a Kamaya or something. Yeah, like Kamaya, first of all, he has to prove that he's what he thinks. Whoever he fights next, because Kamaru's going to have to beat Leon Edwards, because I'm, I'm picking Leon to beat Masvidal. Kamaru's got to beat Leon Edwards again. And if it's Kamayev and Kamaru Usman runs over him, I'm like, all right, now it's time to have the conversation. Cool. He has a foil, what Canelo doesn't have, yeah. like you mentioned. Yeah, you need that one person. So I think we're getting close. As for Colby, it was we funny. Know what's next. It was funny because my man says, Thank you, guys. I mean, if you love or hate my gimmick. Like, the MAGA flew right out of him. He was like, hey, thank you. Oh, a gimmick. And then he goes back. He's like, what am I doing? And he's like, that Marty fake newsman cheater. And I was like, oh, he turned the gimmick back on. But Usman, you idiot. You fell for it. Yep. Gave him the dap, the hug. Yeah, don't give that man nothing. He talked about your daddy who just came out of jail. Right, we ain't never going to be friends, <laughs> gimmick or not. There's yeah. lines that you don't cross. But we know it's, it's got to be, no matter what happens yeah. to Masvidal, Kobe, Kobe Covington, it has to You're printing money. Yeah, it has to happen. It has to. Put it down in Miami. Put it down in Florida. I'll go. I, I'm, I'm always looking for an excuse. To go down to Florida. Y'all fight on a boat. <laughs> I'll do that. Like, just a fight on a boat. Just put an octagon on the boat. You're watching too many, like, 80s karate movies. Yeah, I am, <laughs> I'm watching, like, cocaine cowboys yeah. in the 80s. And I'm like, this would be a really good idea. They've done it before. They've been MMA fights on boats. People know what I'm talking about. Yeah. This, do it. I don't care. I'll go. UFC's first fight on a boat. I'd be so drunk on a boat. <laughs> Me too. It's not conducive Somebody to my work environment. Uh, 
or my Wi-Fi situation. So <laughs> that would be all, all bad. Um, now that's our show for today. Like we said, we got all of this into one show. Thank you guys for sticking around. It's been two and a half hours. So appreciate you guys listening to us for this long on Wednesday pro wrestling show. Tons of cuts in the WWE oh we have to talk about. And full gear. AW full, full gear to preview. AW has been looking really great lately, past couple of weeks. I've enjoyed it. Good CM Punk promo. I like some of the matchups they have built up. Should make for some good matches at full gear. And then, of course, we got to talk about NXT and the changes there, along with the the cuts. Um, WWE, Xavier Woods got a new theme. So, King Woods. Hey, shout out to Mega Ran, who did the theme I'm wearing the shirt right now. Yes. My man, Mega Ran. A great album by Mega. Yeah. Make sure you guys check it out. That's my guy. Um, So, that was great all along. We appreciate you again for listening to us. Check us out on Wednesday. For now, follow us on social media, at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter. You can watch our live shows on Sundays. Hang out with us and watch us as well on the Twitter page. On Instagram, it's Corner Club for Life. Follow me at Cal Dansby, him at Andreas Hell on all platforms. Shout out to everyone in the booth. My man, producer Cole, baby. Always the man back there setting up this whole thing for us. Everyone at Blue Wire, everyone here at Blue Wire Studios in the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. Until next time, we are out. Peace.